106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. For unvaccinated, we are looking at a winter of severe illness and death for unvaccinated. For themselves, their families, and the hospital, they'll soon overwhelm. Wow, that's, that's encouraging. Leader of the free world, telling everybody that didn't do what he wanted them to do, that they're going to die. So, it's classy. Keeping it classy, Joe. Keeping it classy. Merry Christmas, everyone. Good morning and welcome to NPR National Public Radio. A quick trigger warning, if you're a human with emotions, you may want to avoid this program. Today on the show, we follow the science and talk about implicit institutional bias regarding diversity in the workplace while creating a safe space to deconstruct microaggressions stemming from systemic inequality created by an oppressive cisnormative system while increasing equity in the name of inclusivity to combat racial racist racism for minorities and the trauma from being marginalized by climate change. We interview the leader of BLM, a POC, about AOC fighting for CRT. We cover how the LGBTQs are crippled by toxic masculinity. We then shame you for having white privilege because if you're white, you're privileged regardless of if you're mentally ill, dying of a horrible disease, or been raped a bunch. We explain how life is a walk in the park if you're white, even if you have no legs. We then talk about Trump for 30 minutes, pretending like we hate him, but clearly want him elected again because we can no longer pay our rent with tote bags. We then reveal another 75 new gender identities. And finally, we ask, should Guy Fieri be canceled for culturally appropriating lesbians? It's currently 79 degrees in Central Park. The time is 4.53 p.m. But time was invented by the patriarchy, so you can make up whatever time you'd like. We'll be right back. Do you think that General Patton was woke? I don't think so. What do you think, Mike? Mike, was he woke? I don't think so. I don't think he was too woke. He was the exact opposite. You know what woke means? It means you're a loser. Everything woke. Everything woke. It's true. Everything woke turns to shit, okay? It's true. It's true. Look at what's happening. Now, I'll explain it in layman's terms. I expect there to be many, many more variants of the virus. Now, the number of variants could vary vastly in a versatile way, which is the way viral variants tend to vary. There are virologists verifying the veracity of the viral variants varying, which could vacate when veins are vaxxed vigorously, making variants vanish with a vengeance. Of course, the validity of my vernacular could vary, so it's best you just stay scared. Very scared. Merry Christmas to everybody. Hope you're having a good Christmas day. This is our Christmas episode for No Hostages Radio. 
And uh, we debated about whether to do a show today, and we decided, yep, we're going to go ahead and do a show. So a lot of you may be taking a break from podcasts and focusing on other things and just having a good old time, eating a lot of food, enjoying each other. So I hope you're doing just that, and I hope it's the best uh, Christmas you ever had in the midst of a dreary uh, United States of America. So this is Lou Benninger at No Hostages Radio, and uh, again, this is our Christmas program exactly on Saturday, coming up on Saturday, 1225, and uh, 2021, so we'll have one more show to finish out the year. I guess that'll be around... uh, Oh, maybe it won't be. It'll be after. It'll be, this is the last show of the year, I guess. So uh, there you go. Just figured that out. I thought maybe we'd have a New Year's Day show, but we won't, I don't think. But it doesn't really make any difference. You're here, maybe, and I'm here for sure. And this is uh, episode 143 if you want to go back and check something on it. So get a. you can get a hold of me a number of ways. If you like, uh, some use the... Email Lou, L-O-U, at NoHostagesRadio.com. Lou at NoHostagesRadio.com, and that's L-O-U. You can call me at 530-713-1838, or you can text me there. Leave me information. Some people send me clips. uh, All that kind of stuff. It's fun. So thank you for all your input, 530-713-1838. so we do have a website, Lou, uh, you know, the uh, email, the end of the email, Lou at NoHostagesRadio.com. The NoHostagesRadio.com is an email or a website, and you can uh, go there and pick up past episodes, or you can pick up some articles I've written, and or other just, you know, if you're just interested in the podcast, you could just tap into that from your podcast source. I, I never know quite how you got here. But how you got here is all right with me. I hope you find it entertaining and inf- informative today. Uh, we also do a live show now on KMYC Radio up here in Northern California. That's where we're hanging out uh, in Yuba County. So KMYC, um, they have a website now. They had to rebuild the station because it got torched. And, and they it had sold right before that. But uh, they have a, uh, you can pick me up on live stream at live365.com if you want to listen to it uh, on a Saturday from 9, excuse me, let's see, 10 to 1. Yeah, 10, 11, yeah, 3 hours, 10 to 1. Live365.com and just click on radio and put in KMYC and whatever's, whatever's happening there should come across to you, live 365 dot com. Okay, and you can also go to our, our Facebook page at Live with Lou. And that's a Facebook page we set up to pick up some of my articles that newspapers did not want to run. So uh, we also have the podcast reproduced over there as well. So thank you uh, for checking in. And I wanted to mention a couple of things coming up here, um, events and things that you want to be, you know, I notice that when the, f- the first of the year comes up, people are ready to start new things. You know, uh, I'm a New Year's resolution fan. And uh, my goddaughter said she was had a New Year's resolution of, of a new way of studying the Bible and, and uh, going through the Bible in one year. And, and uh, some people, like I like to do, devo- you know, uh, 
read a, a, some sort of a devotional every day so you can pick up those. So it's time to uh, kick off the new year, have, have a, a new resolution. Some people join things, uh, get involved, uh, determined to get in shape or eat better or those all, all good things. Uh, the Bible says that uh, Jesus uh, or God's uh, mercies are new every morning. And so we, we, can, we can have a, like a reboot every day. But the big reboot is like at the start of a new year. So I'm going to want to mention a couple of things. There is a Yuba County Republican Central Committee. They've changed their meeting date to the third Tuesday of each month in order to give their their uh, participants more time on Tuesdays to go to board meetings instead of going to their own meeting. So uh, starting in January, they're going to have, um, uh, well, they've been doing the last couple of months, third Tuesdays of each month. So please get involved in that. Uh, if, if you're a person of conservative bent, uh, we really need you to do something and get involved. And everybody can do something. I don't care whether you're in a wheelchair or <coughs> you're 100 or you're 10. Everybody can help. And we need to get people in offices in Yuba and Sutter County that are conservative and not just say they're conservative and become part of the swamp or rhino, as we call them, Republican in name only. But we want people that are really represent our Constitution, not just take an oath and then just ignore the Constitution, but really stand up and uh, have a backbone. They're hard to find, aren't they? So uh, the Republican Central Committee is this last year has been one of the bright spots locally of, of galvanizing a lot of people that are activists. So you don't have to be on the committee like a committee member, like there's five members in each of the five supervisorial districts. Uh, but uh, or you need don't need to be a board member, but you could be a participant and a worker. And I'm, I'm frankly, I'm more happy just being a worker wherever I go than being having a label or a title or or something, something. Or I'm not a, a joiner uh, of, of groups, but I I do like to see things successful and and uh, make a change in our community. So uh, why don't you catch the first meeting of the month here in January uh, or the first meeting of the year in January, third Tuesday of the month. And uh, you can, uh, if you want to call them, they're 530-777-5021. And uh, you can check their website out, which is a nice website. It's, it's Yuba Co, Y-U-B-A-Co, C-O, uh, or Yuba County, sorry, Yuba County, R-C-C.com. Yuba County, no, it's actually org. I keep changing this and it keeps coming across. Sorry, it's Yuba County, R-C-C.org. Uh, okay. All right. The other thing I wanted to mention is, uh, there's another group in, that started, uh, during COVID in 2020 and, um, it's called freedom coalition network. And the one I'm referring to the chapter I'm referring to is a Yuba Sutter chapter, but, uh, you may be involved in another freedom co chapter. That's kind of spinoffs and, but, there's a website called freedomco.net, freedomco.net. And if you wonder, like, how do I get a hold? How do I contact my supervisor or my city council person? Or uh, or how do I know when the meetings are? Or the how do I find out what's on the agenda? Or how do I know what's going on with COVID? Or, 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 or. 
or see good videos and informing me on what's going on. And that website is loaded with great information, freedomco.net. So the reason I bring it up is the first Friday of each month, there is a meeting, uh, and it's, it's held at the Church of Glad Tidings, and it's their monthly meeting. And a lot of people come there from a variety of counties in the North State that are, uh, they have Freedom Co. chapters. And so you, if you may be in adjoining county to Yuba Sutter, like up in Nevada or Butte or uh, Calusa or Glen or, you know, somewhere. And you you actually may be, your information be on, may be on this site as well. So there's a potluck and, a, and their normal uh, meeting is going to be uh, on January 7. And normally it starts at 7. And there's usually people handing out literature there. There's a lot of information, a lot of good information, and you're going to hear a reporting out from different county leaders. It's a very good meeting, and uh, it's just not a meeting where we have a speaker every month, but it's, the whole point is to really uh, promote activism and, and help people engage with their supervisors, city council, and, and state of California, etc. So January 7th, 7 o'clock, but we're, they're actually having a potluck uh, so at six, if you want to bring something, uh, we're just going to have a little time of, of kicking off the year and, and have some food and enjoy one another and kind of get, maybe you haven't had it. You'll see somebody there, but you haven't had a chance to say, Hey, and meet them. So there'll be people from all over, uh, at that meeting. Uh, I'm not sure how large it'll be, but you can bring your friends. It, this isn't a membership gig. Uh, you can just go there if you want to. If you're frustrated and you're thinking, "Man, I need I need some input. I need to talk to somebody. I need to hear somebody from some other groups." Uh, this is a place to go do that. And and recently, locally, they have been organizing. People in the community have been organizing and complaining about the government of Yuba and Sutter counties giving taxpayer dollars to a nonprofit called the Yuba Sutter Arts Council. Um. Uh, which is a, a nice organization. Like we have lots of n- nonprofits, just like wherever you live, you probably have nonprofits there, museums, art council, all kinds of things. And they're supported by people that are really interested in promoting that. But in this case, they take money, uh, they solicit money, take money from the government, state, maybe federal, but state, and uh, also the counties. The problem is that they are uh, being discriminatory on who they let into their events. And you, you've got to do more than just buy a ticket, for instance. And you have to be vaccinated or injected, as we call it, or jabbed. You have to have the jab. And there's some options. But you have, if you have the jab, you've got to carry your paperwork and you have to have identification. That sound, sound a lot like Nazi Germany, is it not? So you have to have the jab. That's one option. They prefer that. Then you have to have the paperwork to support the jab. Then you have to have your ID to support the paperwork. Secondly, if you don't do the jab, you've got to have a current PCR test within the last 72 hours. Then you have to go on their website to see what their approved mask is. They don't approve just any old mask, any old wrap around your face. So you have to have a mask, you have to have the mask and PCR test or mask and jab. So what we're saying is, hey, if you want to have all those kind of rules, you want to have blacks only, whites only, women only, half and half only, that's fine. I mean, I'm giving you my my opinion, right? It's my podcast. I think people ought to be able to be uh, discriminatory on who they want involved in their organization. Like if you want to have a men's 
a softball team, you should be able to have a men's softball team. Uh, so the problem I have, uh, and other people have different problems. They just say, hey, you shouldn't discriminate, period. My problem is I don't think government should f- be charitable with my money. If I want to be charitable, I'll be charitable with my own money. But when I when I forcefully, the government forcefully takes my money from me, and then they're charitable on my behalf, I got a problem with that. And I'm really in line with the founding fathers who had a lot of problems with uh, people advocating giving the public's money, the constituents' money, to uh, good causes, even good. We're not saying they're bad causes. I'm saying to give to good causes. That's the public's. That's in the public realm, not in the government realm. Okay, so if you want to come to Freedom Co., uh, that's January 7th, 6 p.m., potluck. If you don't want to bring anything, you just want to come, just come. No worry. If you don't want to eat, don't eat. If you want to eat and don't bring anything, just come. We'll, we'll feed you. And Or if you just want to catch the meeting, you want to go out, have dinner with your lovely, go have dinner, come to the meeting, whatever you want to do. There's no charge. It's, it's all free, and uh, it'll be a good meeting. You'll learn a lot. Okay, or... And or uh, go to the Republican Central Committee meeting, which is the third Tuesday. Okay, we got that. Uh, All right. And um, thank you very much. Oh, I want to mention that uh, Kevin Kiley continues to post. He's the most active assemblyman, conservative assemblyman we have in uh, the state of California. And he just posted uh, earlier today that the Rockland Unified School District has uh, written a resolution against the mandate and uh, has written a resolution uh, pointing in in communicating that to Governor Newsom. And they're not the first school district to do that. But uh, I haven't read the resolution, but Kevin Kiley uh, says that it promises legal action against the state of California if uh, this emergency is extended. Now, did you know that We've never we're in a constant state of emergency now in California. It's been two years and we're it's just an, we live in a state of emergency, which means that your freedoms are all being taken away because we have this uh, fraudulent emergency. It's not a real emergency. It's just, you know, it's it, you ever gone to the movies and uh, you it's kind of a scary movie and it just scares the hell out of you. Right. Well, it isn't really real, right? But it seems real because you're sitting in the movies and and you jump out of your seat and you flinch and you you take a deep breath. And you, you're like it freaks you out, right? The movie is so real. It seems so real uh, with the sound effects and the spontaneity of the actors and the whole script. It it like you become part of the screen. You're like in it, right? You're in the house. That something weird happens in. That's what's going on in real life out here with the propaganda. We call it a psychological operation or a psyop psychological operation or psyop. It's a term where you're, you're being in touch with reality is sideswiped. It's kind of, if you look up the term where gaslighting came from, gaslighting came from uh, a movie where a guy was trying to drive his wife crazy. And so he was constantly 
describing reality as different than she was experiencing it. Like she would say, it's a little chilly in here. And he'd say, oh, it's hot. It's really hot, honey. I think you got a problem. So it's always like she had a problem. She had a problem. And he was creating a, a, a psychological operation to demonize his wife, to trouble his wife. And that's what's going on in the United States right now. Uh, throughout with a couple exceptions in certain states a couple uh, unique states that that still believe in freedom but we're being manipulated to think that just the our regular health issues of life right you remember back in the days when you when you'd read the newspaper and they'd have obituaries in there and they'd have several obituaries a day and because we know that and they would also have births on that page the vital statistics page would list the births and they would list the marriages, and they would, I don't think they would list the divorces. Yeah, maybe they'd do divorces, but they would definitely have the deaths and the births. And uh, so you saw the, the cycle of life there, right, on a couple inches or four or five inches of columns. And uh, you didn't think anything of it. You just thought, oh, that's normal. That's life. People, I wonder what they died of. And you could kind of look there, and maybe they were donating to the Cancer Society. And so maybe they died of cancer. And uh, But people sometimes, maybe they were 85, and they were kind of frail, and they, they got a bad cold, and it got down in their lungs, and, and they went over to the hospital, and they passed, right? Nobody thought anything about it. You know, we were sad if you knew them, but you didn't panic. You didn't like, oh, my goodness. Oh, oh I can't believe it. I'm, I'm afraid. Nobody got afraid. It's just like life goes on. There's a cycle of life. But what's happened is we've had a, a global cabal or a group or a or a uh, a clique of people that are billionaires that want to change the way our life is. They want to have a socialist, they, a socialist country or world they don't want to have borders they want to have no one own anything the, the state or the global uh, power owns everything and you just are part of it you're like a slave to it or a serf or you're just a lowly person and the very brilliant rich people they live differently but you're you're going to be confined to a lot of different um, rules and so that's what's going on and so what's happened is just normal life that goes on is now been we've been tricked and we've been tricked with this covid term and and so we've been uh fooled with all the numbers and so they don't tell us each day how uh, the the covid dashboard does not include how many heart attacks we had how many people died of cancer how many people died of diabetes how many people died of overdoses how many people shot themselves or hung themselves right and so we had this very skewed confused and myopic view of COVID and everybody's got COVID on the brain. In fact, I had a lady call me that listens to the show. She said, Lou, I, 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 or I called her actually to check on her. She's 83, 84. And uh, she said, Lou, I'm, I'm not sick, but I'm, I'm having panic attacks. And I, and, and that's caused by this psyop and people are nervous. People are fearful. People are wearing masks that, that are just crazy. It's like, it's wearing, like wearing a sock on your head all the time. It's, it's nonsensical. So what, that's what's going on, and uh, it's having an effect on, on our society, and it's twisted the way we, we look at things, and we're living in fear. And, uh, and someone uh, wrote an, a, a little uh, uh, clip. It's, they claimed it was a clip out of C.S. Lewis' Letters to the Soul Master, which was a communication between the devil and, uh, and others, 
uh, interaction between the devil and other people. And um, but this isn't a clip. Actually, if you trace it, it didn't didn't come. C.S. Lewis didn't write this in 1942, but somebody else kind of took. It's kind of like if somebody else plays a hit record, you know, does a cover on a, a hit record. Same thing. I'm going to read it for you. I think it's pretty cool. And we'll be right back. We, we're going to do five more segments. Be right back. I think you're getting uh, the idea that we think this is a really bad idea. And as a grandmother of a 15-month-old, I can tell you it is such a bad idea. You know, in Tennessee, it's so interesting. This time of year, we're having church bazaars and Christmas programs and a lot of community events and every single place I go. I have somebody who says, hey, is it really true that the federal government wants to take over child care? And the reason they're talking about this so much is quite simply, in Tennessee, the primary source of Mother's Day Out programs, of daycare programs, of after-school programs, is your local church. And that's where these are taking place. And that is where children are coming during the week. And many times, it is a bunch of grandmamas in the community that want to come love on these kids and help take care of these kids and likewise help educate these young moms about how to care for children. And what the federal government would do is would strip these grandmamas of a job that they are doing and they're loving doing. And it would strip these children of caregivers that are there to love and nurture them. That's a real loss, and it has a real cost. Now what the Democrats are trying to do in their BBB, I call it the bill back broke, what they're trying to do is take one vote. And in this one vote, they want to take government control of your children, of education, of your small business, of your bank account. It's their socialist agenda, 24-7, daylight to dark, cradle to grave. That is their goal. But who is going to be most adversely impacted by the bad decision-making of the Democratic Party, it is going to be children. It is going to be working parents who are going to be stripped of an opportunity to use child care right there in their local community that is being provided by their neighbors and friends that they trust. One of the greatest inventions of the 20th century Indeed, one of the landmark inventions in the history of the human race was the work of a couple of young men who had never gone to college and who were just bicycle mechanics in Dayton, Ohio. 
That part of the United States is often referred to disdainfully as flyover country, because it is part of America that the East Coast and West Coast elites fly over on their way to what they consider more important places. But they are able to fly over it only because of those mechanics in Dayton. The Wright brothers' first airplane flight was only about 120 feet, roughly the distance from home plate to second base, and not as long as the wingspan of a 747. But it began one of the longest journeys ever taken by the human race, and that journey is not over yet, as we soar farther into space. Man had dreamed of flying for centuries, and others were hard at work on the project in various places around the world when the Wright brothers finally got their plane off the ground on December 17, 1903. It didn't matter how long or how short the flight was. What mattered was that they showed that it could be done. Alas, Orville and Wilbur Wright are today pigeonholed as dead white males, whom we are supposed to ignore, if not deplore. Had either of them been a woman or black or any of a number of other specially singled-out groups, the hundredth anniversary of their flight would have been a national holiday, with an orgy of parades and speeches across the length and breadth of the country. Recently, a reporter for a well-known magazine phoned me to check on some facts about famous people who talked late and whom I had mentioned in my book The Einstein Syndrome. Her editor wanted to know why there was not more diversity among the people I cited. Almost all of them were men, for example, and white men at that. The vast majority of people who talk late are boys, and I had no control over that. In a predominantly white society, it should not be surprising that famous men who talked late were mostly white. No doubt in China most would be Chinese. The reporter seemed somewhat relieved when I pointed out that the distinguished mathematician Julia Robinson and famed 19th-century concert pianist Clara Schumann were among the women discussed in my book. Ramanujan, a self-taught mathematical genius from India, came to my attention right after the book went into print, but the reporter seemed happy to be able to add his name to the list of famous late talkers. This mania for diversity has spread far and wide. When I looked through my niece's high school math book, I saw many pictures of noted mathematicians, but, judging by those pictures, you would never dream that anything worth noting had ever been done in mathematics by any white males. This petty-minded falsification of history is less disturbing than the indoctrination-minded educators who are twisting reality to fit their vision. Those who cannot tell the difference between education and brainwashing do not belong in our schools. History is what happened, not what we wish had happened or what a theory says should have happened. One of the reasons for the great value of history is that it allows us to check our current beliefs against hard facts from around the world and across the centuries. But history cannot be a reality check for today's fashionable visions when history is itself shaped by those visions. When that happens, we are sealing ourselves up in a closed world of assumptions. There is no evidence that the Wright brothers intended the airplane to be flown or ridden in only by white people. Many of the great breakthroughs in science and technology were gifts to the whole human race. Those whose efforts created these breakthroughs were exalted because of their contributions to mankind, not to their particular tribe or sex. In trying to cheapen those people as dead white males, 
we only cheapen ourselves and do nothing to promote similar achievements by people of every description. When the Wright brothers rose off the ground, we all rose off the ground. So I was talking earlier about uh, letters to the soul master, C.S. Lewis, a great one of the greatest writers, maybe one of the greatest writers in history. Right. And uh, certainly in the 20th century. But uh, he, he wrote a book that I've uh, I don't think I read all of it, but I've read a lot of it. Screw tape letters. It's a very good book. It's about the supernatural realm. And it's about uh, the discussion between uh, the devil and one of his workers and they're trying to uh, trouble a man. And and it's the whole strategy between the devil and this demon about how, how they're going to get to this guy who's just trying to live a normal life and get by every day. So I have not read letters to the soul master, but uh, this person said, oh, this is out of the letters to the soul master. But I checked on it and it is not out of there. Somebody just wrote this like they they took the idea and and uh, modernized it. So I'm going to read it to you, right? It's And uh, a young man says to the devil, how did you manage to send so many people to hell? And the devil says, through fear. <clears throat> the young man says, good for you. And what were they afraid of? Wars? Hunger? Devil said, no, illness. The young man says, did they get sick? Did they die? Was there no cure? The devil says, they didn't get sick. They just died. And there was a cure. The young man responded, I don't understand you. The devil says, they believed that the only thing they had to keep at all cost was their life. They stopped hugging. They stopped greeting one another. They left all human contacts. They left everything that was human. They ran out of money. They lost their jobs. They chose to fear for their lives, even if they had nothing to eat. They believed what they heard, what they read in the newspapers, and blindly believed uh, what they were reading. Uh, they, Sorry, they blindly believed they were reading the truth. They gave up their freedom. They never left their home again. They didn't go anywhere. They never visited their friends and family again. The whole world has become a huge prison with convict, uh, convicted volunteers. Isn't that interesting? They voluntarily accepted everything, all this to experience another miserable day. They did not live. They died every day. It was too easy to take away their miserable souls. So that that isn't out of the letters to the soul master, but it's kind of based on the same idea of a dialogue. And it really talks about how people have given up their lives today, living in misery and face coverings and staying six feet apart and all these rules and 
fearful of death. So I had an interesting call today from a, a lady that lives at the Butte Christian Manor. It's uh, about a, I don't know how many apartments. There are about a 500-square-foot apartment, um, and there's probably 100 or so apartments up in this uh, six-story, five, six-story building in downtown Marysville. It's been there for many years, and I've been there a few times visiting people. So they're seniors, and um, it isn't a care facility. They pretty much care for themselves. And so each little apartment has a little kitchenette. And uh, one at one time, they for people that didn't want to have a, eat in a kitchenette, they had a communal area where you could eat. But over the years, they changed that into just a communal area where people could hang out, uh, play cards, talk, have a, put a puzzle together, just have fun, watch television, listen to music. And so she called me and she said, Lou, I, I, I read your articles in the paper. And she said, you know, I've been around this area for years. I was involved in a senior citizens group. I was very active. But she said, I finally am living here. I'm very happy to have this place. But but since this COVID thing took over, it's miserable here. And people uh, are having very a lot of difficult times here. And so uh, whether it's the corporation that runs Butte Christian Manor, I don't know the name of it. But I'm going to call him and talk to him. I may write an article about it. Because what's happening is, is, is there's this two, two messages we're getting in our society now. One is um, we need to take care of the elderly, the fragile, right? The vulnerable. And uh, the, uh, Governor Newsom and Governor Cuomo and maybe uh, one or two other governors, liberal governors, said, talked, oh, we need to take care of the, the fragile, the vulnerable. And then they actually did the worst thing they could, and they put infected people in those homes and uh and they stopped any visits uh no the loved ones could not visit their their grandma or their uncle or their mom and they died of covid left and right without anybody being able to be by their side or encourage them or whatever and we all know that if you've ever been into a care home that that uh, uh they just long for interaction with younger people and with their people right and their people are easy to forget in care homes. But what's happening in Butte Christian Manor is they've got all these COVID rules. And one of the COVID rules is that the communal area where people can come out of their little 500 square foot cave and come down to the communal area and listen to music or watch television. They've, they've cleared out all the tables and made the chairs so you can't sit in them together. And so you can't go down there and fraternize. And so, and there, and the emphasis is you shouldn't uh, hang out and talk to each other in the hallways either. <clears throat> just stay in your room. And a lot of people just have hunkered down and they probably believe it and they're afraid and they just stay in the room. Well, that's horrible. That's horrible for anybody at any age. In fact, kids have ch killed themselves during COVID because of that, cutting off their contact with their friends, keeping them in the house all the time, right? Social Social distancing, distance learning has destroyed people. Scott Atlas, the uh, the health guru that used to be at Stanford University and the, and the uh, radiologist uh, professor at Stanford, uh, talked about the devastating mental health effects that the government's COVID didn't do this. It's the government's management of it, the mismanagement of it that destroyed people's lives, whether they were people that were fragile individuals, the, the young, the elderly, uh, the maybe those that are kind of fragile mentally, 
those that are fragile with addiction, all those things triggered people. So what we have going on at the Buttes Christian Manor is, is causing people to be ill and causing people to be mentally sick and depressed because they can't get together because there's all these COVID rules that are very arbitrary and they're baloney. And so, um, uh, for instance, some of the people are, uh, they don't have enough. When you wait for the elevator to go up and down the six stories, they, they don't, they can't stand there. They, and they have chairs usually by the elevators that they can just press the button, have a seat. And then when the elevator gets there, for those that are on a walker or whatever, they get tired, they can just have a seat. Now they moved, they got rid of those chairs and very, it's very difficult. And it's interesting to me, it's barbaric. It's like Adventist hospital. And I, I get it that a lot of the hospital are following the federal government guidelines or they'll be punished. And, and what will that mean? Oh, well, they could send them a nasty gram. They could cut off money, right? They could do this. There's all kinds of leverage, right? But I was shocked when, uh, when I learned that Adventist Hospital would not let loved ones like the sons go see their father who's dying of, of, uh, of uh, lung cancer. Or they couldn't go in and say goodbye. Or they couldn't just all these barbaric rules, right? It's like, hey. Uh, like this lady said to me at the Butte Christian Manor, she called me and she said, she said, Lou, we know we're going to die. We're all elderly. Like, get a clue, right? She's sharp. This lady's sharp as a tack. She said, Lou, we're not afraid of dying. We want to, we want to live and we want to have, we want to have fun. We want to get together. We want to talk. We want to play a game. We want to play cards. We want to do this. We want to do that. And we don't, we, we're trapped in here like we're in jail, like we're in a prison. And that's wrong, people. That's, that's what's going on when they, like Scott Atlas and Jay Bhattacharya uh, from Stanford, John Ioannidis from Stanford, Martin Koldorf uh, from Harvard said, we never should have shut down the schools. Why, why would we shut down the schools when kids do not get COVID? Little kids, kids do not get COVID. Young people do not get COVID. They may get the flu. A lot of what people are saying was COVID was the flu. Did you notice the flu numbers? We didn't have it even have a flu season. So kids get the flu, but they don't get COVID for some reason. And we shut down all these schools. We made a horrible mistake. Are those that we trust in the medical bureaucracy and in the political bureaucracy made a horrible mistake. And they really damaged people. They damaged businesses. They damaged our entire economy. Uh, they damaged the trust that we have in medical science. For, for political leaders and for dictatorial medical leaders to say, oh, we are trusting the science when really they didn't know anything about the science and it was all a bluff and it was manipulated science. Uh, I, I can't speak for anyone else, but I'm never going to trust them the same again. And, and uh, certainly I have good friends in the medical profession that I would trust them. But I will never trust the medical bureaucrats in this country. People like the Centers for Disease Control are liars. Not just once, not just twice. These people are habitual liars. The World Health Organization, the National Institute of Health, they are liars. Am I saying that everything they say is a lie? 
don't exaggerate me. I'm just saying, I used to say in juvenile hall when I would speak there before COVID, I'd say, I'd talk about how, how we operate as human beings. And I'd say, anybody in here lie? And every hand would go up. And I'd say, if you, if you lie, what are you? And they'd say, I'm a liar. Okay, right? That's good. At least we're honest about the problem. But when you have government people that are given a trust over the nation, just like a coach is given a trust over parents, children to coach them in a, in a sport. And they're expected to mind their business and be polite and be courteous and be moral, right? And not molest their kids in the same way with teachers and same way with pastors or same way with counselors. We're given a higher trust to behave ourselves and do no harm. What's happened in the United States of America is that the government bureaucrats and medicine have tied in with big pharma and tied in with politics and are harming the people to change the way we, we do business in America. What would that look like? That means take your freedoms away. Take your rights away, the Bill of Rights. If you haven't read the Constitution for a while, it isn't very long. You should take a read through it or at least read the Bill of Rights. They are being taken away from you. In fact, many of you have already given up your Bill of Right, your your rights, even though that they, you could still stand up and take them, but you've you've surrendered, right? Just like this saying said. They just gave up this saying that I just read. This person that wrote this, based upon C.S. Lewis's writing, he tried to write like C.S. Lewis or she. You, we've surrendered and without even a fight. Peter McCullough, if you, we're going to play a clip uh, in the fourth, I think it's the fourth segment here. Peter McCullough, I, 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 you just have to look up his credentials. They're phenomenal, his medical credentials. He's one of the top medical people in the United States of America. He's being interviewed by Joe Rogan on Joe Rogan's podcast. The way I find it easily is to go to Rumble, just uh, do a search engine on Rumble, R-U-M-B-L-E, and it'll get over there to Rumble. And then just put in Joe Rogan and Peter McCullough. And you'll have a lot of different clips pop up, but pick the whole, you want to listen to the whole interview. It's over two hours long. You think, oh, I'm not going to listen to anything for two hours. Well, I'll tell you, this is totally fascinating. So I'm going to play about five minutes worth of it, uh, different sections uh, of it. It's, it's really fascinating. But Peter McCullough, now some of the top medical people in the country have written books about how this COVID disaster has been a premeditated attempt to change society. And uh, the, the plan, the scheme to mock, to forbid and mock the use of ivermectin, uh, hydroxychloroquine, and even um, monoclonal antibodies maybe you haven't heard about that yet monoclonal antibodies in fact the lady i talked to the other day um she needed some help she's in in their 80s and and i was talking to her the other day and she said lou i want to get some of those monoclonal antibodies like one of the uh corporations that makes it is regeneron 
And you can look it up. Look it up. Regeneron monoclonal antibodies. And when you read it, it's going to tell how what it does, when to take it, all that kind of stuff. And so when I was talking to this 80-some-year-old, I said, you should tell. She said, Lou, I wanted to get those. I said, well, ask your doctor. She said, I did. And he said, "I he's not going to give them to me unless until I can't breathe anymore. And and she and I said, that doesn't sound right to me. So I looked it up on the Internet and it said, no, 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 you don't give it to people when they're at their last legs. You give it to them in a prophylactic or preventive mode. So what's what's been going on is we have all these uh, all these brilliant doctors that are not the Fauci's of the world or the Deborah Burks of the world. They're they're brilliant doctors that independently go out and find how to resolve their parent, the, their patients problems. And they've come up with all kinds of amazing remedies, whether it's budesonide or whether it's hydroxychloroquine or whether it's uh, ivermectin or any of their natural uh, compatible supplements that you could use. So what's happening is uh, this McCullough says this has been premeditated. He doesn't get into who did it, but he said this has been an attempt to and he said there's no reason why we had hundreds of thousands of people die or even go in the hospital. It's just the fact that we kept talking about we're going to fill up the hospitals is just there was no need for it. It's like filling up the hospitals with people that have a cold. And uh, so anyway, I wanted to read that to you. Some people get upset where they oh, well, they 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 shouldn't have said it was C.S. Lewis. Oh, it wasn't. But it's still a good point they were making. Now, it's interesting. You can see the pressure uh, to conform when you have guys like uh, recently the um, Senate subcommittee interviewed the four leaders of the airline industry. And one of them, Gary Kelly, was there. He's with Southwest. They're based out of Texas, I think. But I think the Delta leader was there. American Airlines was there. United Airlines was there. And so Gary Kelly uh, happened to say at one point that he thought that there was no need to mask the passengers, that that they have a clean purification system in their uh, their oxygen system in the airplane. And he just thought to put people through the mask thing on airplanes, it's time to have that over. And the reason he's saying that is that the government is mandating the airline to force them to wear masks. And so. When I went on Southwest, which I used to fly all the time on Southwest, they said to me, I was the only guy not wearing a mask, that is Nevada, because I was in Nevada trying to get to California. It's Nevada and California state law that you have to wear masks nowadays. And and, and now, now I lost all con- all confidence in the pilot because he's lying to me or he just is ignorant. Right. He knows how to fly the plane, but he's ignorant about a mask. And so Gary Kelly, I was I was happy to hear Gary Kelly say that. Let's get rid of the mask. He was telling the senators. But then on the way home, he felt he felt kind of funky. He he didn't he didn't wasn't really sick. He You, you know, you remember you, you get up before covid, you'd get up and you maybe have a headache someday or you just kind of fell a little off. You didn't have any energy. You didn't go down and get tested for anything. You didn't go to the doctor. You just kind of weathered through it, took an aspirin or took a title. You know, you just you just treated yourself, right? So Gary Kelly gets back. He was felt a little off. He'd just been to Washington, flew back to Texas. 
And when he got there, I, I don't know whether he called his doctor or whatever, but he took a test. And so he was PCR positive, right? So he, he did not go to the hospital. He did not go to the doctor. He didn't go through a lot of foo but the media harassed him to no end. Gary Kelly says that we don't need masks on airplanes. And then he, then he goes home and then he tests positive for COVID. It's nonsensical. The point they make is nonsensical. It's a straw man argument. It's just like, oh, if I say masks are needed and I do, I have to stay in a state where I never get sick for the next 40 years of my life. It's crazy. The media is totally out of their mind. So they, they made a, a crazy point and they attacked him over trying to set us free. They want to stay in bondage. We're going to come right back and, and do our third segment. We'll be right back. Well, your faith was strong, but you needed proof. You saw her bathing on the roof, her beauty in the moonlight overthrew you. She tied you to the kitchen chair. She broke your throne and she cut your hair. And from your lips she drew the Hi friends, today I'm going to help you find out if you're obedient or not. Because do you ever worry wondering, am I obedient or am I just a low-life sovereign individual? Well worry no more because you'll never have to wonder again if you're weak enough or if your strength of character is absent enough or if you're fearful enough to be as controllable as you should be. Because I've teamed up with the world's leading wokeologist to develop a quiz that doesn't just tell you if you qualify as obedient, it tells you how obedient you are. There's really no other way to find out if your social credit score is high enough to stay off the blacklist that's coming our way, or to know if you need more work to train the sovereignty out of your system. As we go through the quiz, keep track of how many questions you answer yes to. We'll tally your score up at the end to find out your results. And now to the quiz. In the past two years, have you heard yourself saying one or more times, yeah, but it's just for our protection. When criminal organizations tell you to take their products for your protection, do you comply? Do you believe mandates are a good idea because they're just meant to keep everyone safe? Do you believe the news is a source of unbiased information about what's truthfully happening in the world? Do you believe freedom of speech is a dangerous act that should have its limits? Have you been convinced that rioting's a safe act that's an effective way to bring about positive change? Is it hard for you to describe the difference between a man and a woman? Do you believe separating children by race in schools while telling white kids they're inherently evil and telling black kids they'll never amount to anything is progress? Do you believe independent fact checkers that are funded by Facebook are indeed independent and checking facts? Does it make sense to you that we'd all be better off if we just let the government take care of us completely because self-responsibility is intimidating and because communism hasn't really ever been implemented the right way? Do you believe billionaires who fly their private jets to Switzerland to discuss climate change and routinely buy beachfront property are really concerned about climate change? Do you wait for Fauci's permission to do things instead of doing what you want like an adult? 
Okay, that concludes the quiz. Now let's find out your results. If you answered yes to one or more questions, you are obedient, specifically level one obedient. If you answered yes to six or more questions, you're level two obedient, which means you live in California. If you answered yes to 10 or more questions, you're level three obedient. Thank you for being such a faithful BLM supporter. If you answered no to all 12 questions, you're not obedient at all. You're suffering from being a sovereign, free-thinking individual, which is really a catastrophic condition. You're likely infected with principles, values, and morals that you live your life by. Please seek medical treatment via daily CNN injections and compliance with drug company business models. And please join a support group like Antifa to get help abandoning your principles in favor of living your life the way you're told to by mentally unstable people full of anger and no purpose who are incapable of logic or figuring out which restroom to use. You truly are a defective person and are a danger to centralized authority. You should be ashamed of yourself. You're disgusting. But to the obedient ones, thank you for just going along with the plan. It's been pretty good so far, right? We're just gonna keep moving the goalposts until we have you exactly where we want you to be trapped. And you just keep getting after it with your obedience, okay? And you can sleep well while you should be awake knowing you're one of the few, the proud, the obedient. Yeah. Dr. Fauci, when do you think we're gonna have indoor weddings again? You did say, Two weeks to flatten the curve. Okay, here we go again with the two weeks to flatten the curve. What I actually said was, we are too weak to flatten the curve. We were faced with a big challenge. It was something like a mountain we had to climb. We came out on the other side and were met with a plateau. That doesn't mean we're in the clear. We can very much encounter even a hill a bump or a lump, God forbid, even a hump. You could then fall into a crater, dump into a COVID river that can take you down and end up into a bog. And now we're bogged down. So what I'm saying is in three to five to 12 years, we can start thinking about reopening in another 12 to 15 to 75 years. At that point, I would say, if you have 11 masks on, you can go and visit your grandparents in the cemetery if they have a plastic covering around the grave. Droplets could come out of the deceased's mouth and sort of trickle up through the groundwater, get into the population's drinking water supply now we're reinfected with covid so we have to protect the deceased once we revaccinate everyone who's died in the last 95 years we go back in time kill hitler and stalin and mao then perhaps you can hang out with two to three friends in your backyard. And watch the fireworks. Did you know the true love passed for nothing? Her acceptance is the way we pay. Did you know that love is give love a guarantee to last through forever? Another day. As today I know.
So uh, let me uh, just mention a couple things here. I want to thank uh, everybody since this is the last show of the year for us. Uh, I want to thank everyone that participates in this show, whether they send me clips uh, or or a comment to me about it, about the show, or they uh, help keep the, the station on the air, Ken Rozelle and, and uh, Ernie Friesen and all those people, the live show, and then Tanner Martis, who's down in Conroe, Texas. He just moved over. I, I lost. He's been moving around. He's in Cleveland, Texas. Now he's in Conroe, Texas. So I just got Tanner Martis down there. They got Santos Vigil out in Yuba City. And then we have some other people that help us. And I just want to mention, start mentioning a few of them here because they help me uh, pay the bills uh, that cover our costs here. We're not, this isn't a profit operation and it's not a nonprofit. We just kind of, we're out uh, throwing down against evil and against nonsense. And so... Um, we need a little money to take care of the bills. And if, if you want to get involved, we can promote you on the air here, but we, uh, we're we not begging for money. Uh, but if you want to uh, promote your business, we'll help you. And uh, so some of the people, that, a couple of people that do that uh, work we work with is uh, All Power Services. And that's uh, Will Fanning and Josh James. And they are like, they are like getting it on out at uh, 1469 Stewart Road in Yuba City, and, and their name says it, all power. Anything, anything, any kind of equipment you have, whether you're driving it or got it in your hand, cutting something, uh, or you're riding for fun or riding for money, uh, cars, every, any kind of motor, they will fix it. And they will get it done fast, in and out. They're not into collecting your broken things. They're into getting them and fixing them, giving them back to you. And they do custom welding and fabrication. So if you think, oh, I need to have this built. I need to have this rack built. I need to have this, you know, new new hitch on, you know, new connection to my hitch system. I, I Something broke, and I don't want to get a new one. I want to weld it. They can fix all those things. They, I think they'll even do some mobile work. So if you want to reach them, uh, 530-844-0347. That's 530-844-0347. Also, Dr. Cassidy, we we started this last year. Dr. Joe Cassidy, who for 30 years was a health officer for Yuba County, and he realized we had a huge addiction problem in Yuba County, so he began treating uh, addicts. And uh, now when he started, uh, the the treatments were limited, but now there's a lot more treatment where you can give people medication and stop them from going into withdrawals and you could stop them from desiring heroin or opiates. So, uh, he began to see hundreds and hundreds of people that were wonderful people, but they were just bound by a substance. And, uh, whether there was alcohol or methamphetamines or opiates or cigarettes or whatever. So recently, because he and I've been working with the same kind of people. I, I'm not a doctor, but I do other things with the folks. Uh, we love to see people do well, and uh, we, we are not all freaked out when people are seriously addicted. We know that can change. So maybe you've lost hope yourself, and you got a, you're struggling with Oxy or Norcos or Vicodin or whatever, uh, or maybe it's somebody in your family. And uh, I just want to say that... It can it can be totally different. It can be a big turnaround. So uh, what we're doing 
right now is we started a different mechanism to get people off the street. And when I mean off the street, it could be homeless, but it doesn't have to be homeless, but just out doing illegal drugs and uh, get them into the doctor, make an appointment with Dr. Cassidy. And when you call Peachtree Clinic there, that's he, that's the folks he works for nowadays uh, at 530-749-3242, 530-749-3242. Ask for Dr. Cassidy, need an appointment, and just they'll say, hey, what's up? What's your need? They'll just say addiction and then get hooked up. If you have any problem with that, you can always text him. Don't call him, but text him. Five three zero six eight two eight six four eight. That's six eight two eight six four eight. And just say having trouble making an appointment. Uh, can I get an appointment for my addiction? And if you if all else fails, just call me. Maybe you forget, lose the numbers I just gave you, but you don't mind. Five three zero seven one three one eight three eight. That's five three zero seven one three one eight three eight. Dial me up or text me either way. Uh, leave a message if you dial me. I'm on the phone all the time, so like everybody else, just leave a message. I will I will get you hooked up, and we'll get you in and get you some help, okay? So, uh, and then one other, let me do one other real quick, and that's uh, my f- good friend, Nellie Garcia, who is, uh, one of these days, I think Nellie may even end up being a judge or something. She's very smart. Uh, she's almost... Uh, done with her legal schooling to take the bar exam if she wants to take that but she's a great paralegal she has her own paralegal business called north valley paralegal it's very easy to get to it's on sutter street it's a big wide street right it right near the river 751 sutter street and so it's just over the bridge from marysville so it serves, she serves all over the place, not just Yuba, Sutter County. Anybody anywhere wants to use her, that's fine. 751 Sutter Street. But you can call her at 530-751-9289. Now, anytime I had a legal problem back in the day, I just would go get an attorney. And I didn't think, I, I never thought about the paralegal profession. But I've learned uh, through the hard way, through experience, that most of the legal work you have in it, you can hire an attorney for. You can also hire a paralegal, much cheaper, much easier. Get in quick, uh, and in Nellie's case, very nice. Uh, she'll take takes personal care of everybody, and so uh, it's just a better way to get you know better, faster, cheaper, right? And so give it a shot. And if she can't help you, she'll give you a, a good attorney refer, referral to get you. Uh, moving on in the right direction okay so let me go go back down here where i was and we'll plow forward here and uh, let's see if there's anything else i want to okay so i've been getting questions about uh, i've been getting calls lou are there any doctors in our area that will treat covid treat it preemptively treated now that's an interesting question it's like saying lou I'm sick. Are there any doctors that will actually treat me before I'm on my deathbed? Because the protocol uh, with Dr. Uh, Joseph Mengele Fong Lu, who's our health officer, the protocol that she dictated to the doctors of our area was that she doesn't want anyone treating any patients preemptively, right? Like you never let cancer if you've got a little spot on your lung or a little spot on your breast, you don't let it to get fourth stage bad, bad, bad before you treat it, right? We're all about early te- detection in America. But with COVID, 
Isn't it interesting that they told doctors to not treat anyone? And just if people if people had symptoms or they tested positive, which didn't mean they have symptoms, just let them go. And if if they get better, fine. If they get worse, let them go and let them be treated at the hospital. We'll put them on a ventilator and remdesivir, which killed them, most of them. And it made a huge amount of money. In fact, I said, told last week how hospitals were getting like $100,000 for COVID patient, per COVID patient. And not successful COVID patients, but just COVID patients. So, um, so Dr. Liu, our health officer in Yuba Sutter County, has mandated that clinics and, and doctors do not treat things preemptively. Like sometimes when I'd come back from Vietnam, I'd have a sinus infection or i'd have a little cold and i usually don't go to the doctor but sometimes they'd be kicking my rear end and i would just go over and think shoot i'm gonna go get some antibiotics and i'd go over to dr afados and uh he'd give me some antibiotics check me over and give me some antibiotics okay and so I'd, i'd go on about my way and the reason he did that was to stop it from getting worse to, uh, you, know, you know, the goal was to avoid the hospital. With COVID, the goal of the Dr. Luz of the world was to put people in the hospital, then complain how the hospitals are going to be overrun. Isn't that crazy? Doesn't that spell nonsense to you? That's bad medicine. They call that malpractice in the normal world, the non-COVID world. I'm suing you for malpractice. Everybody should sue Dr. Lou for malpractice. So there's, so people have been calling me, is there anybody in town that'll get me some ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, uh, you know, help me with, with the, the package, the, the D, the D3, the D3, the zinc, the quercetin, you know, all the stuff to, to knock this down because it does work beyond a shadow of a doubt. It works, but not the people in the medical profession are, are are reluctant to go against the government because the government licenses them. They have them by the short hairs. And so Dr. Lou's putting pressure. So I'm going to give you some names of doctors that will actually treat you. And that's Dr. Cassidy. I just talked about Dr. Hart and Dr. Afato. I know are three A F A T O. Now, if you, if uh, like I heard that Dr. Lou is after Dr. Hart and going to try to shut him down. And he's got a huge practice, and he's a wonderful man and helped a lot of people. He's kept him out of the hospital, right? The goal was, oh, don't go to the hospital for any reason because we're going to load it up with really sick COVID patients that we're going to put on the vent and die. Is that, it's, this is all sounding bizarre. Is it crazy or what? And so there, you, do you know there's doctors in the United States that have, that have hundreds and hundreds of COVID patients and have never had one go to the doc, no, not one go to the hospital, even though, even that had comorbidities, you know what comorbidities is? That's where you've got other problems in your life. Like you're a diabetic or you weigh 450 pounds or you have cancer or you have other issues in your life, heart problems. Right. And they thought, Hey, we stopped, we stopped the COVID part. Boom. We gave them these medications. 
I heard the other day, this is an interesting thing. I haven't followed up on it, but I heard it from a report, respected news source that was talking about the uh, the propaganda put out about hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. About that it's no good or it hasn't been licensed or it hasn't been tested. It's just a total lies by the government, our government. And... Uh, The fact is, I want to. I want to. If you, if you don't want to go to the doctors I just mentioned, you want. Some of my friends have gone to these doctors, and it's the America's Frontline Doctors, AFLDS. dot com. America's Frontline Doctors, AFLDS, and they'll they'll diagnose you over the phone. That they'll charge you just like going to a doctor's visit, but you're never going to go. They'll do telemed. They'll see you over the phone. And they will treat you, uh, and they'll, they'll send you uh, the meds. DrStellaMD.com, D-R-Stella, D-R-S-T-E-L-L-A-M-D.com. Uh, doctor, the Dr. Artist Show, the D-R-A-R-D-I-S, Ardis, the D-R-A-I-A-R-D-I-S show.com. They, he will treat you. He will give you the package. In fact, uh, my friend Dan from... Uh, Missouri, who used to live here, he's a refugee from here. He now uh, he's retired, but he's he wanted to go do something, do something productive. So he's delivering medicine for a pharmacy in Missouri to residents that uh, they they got home delivery. You don't have to go in and 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 wait and stand there, stand there, stand there. You just they phone in your prescription, you pay online, or you pay somehow. And they deliver the meds to you right to your door. And he said, I've been delivering anti-COVID packs that have the whole deal, the ivermectin or the hydroxychloroquine, the Z packs, the, all the stuff to like knock it down. Boom. Take care of it. And that's how they're taking care of it back there in Missouri. And they got a pharmacist. Now, some pharmacies are not caring. I, I don't know whether it's the big chain pharmacies, whether it's like CVS or I don't know about CVS or Walgreens. But I think some of these independent pharmacies are they're they're selling that stuff or you can go to the, the the you know, the the liberal media who is just is just a mouthpiece for the government for Fauci lied about ivermectin and and other countries are are cleaning up their covid with ivermectin like Uttar Pradesh. It's one of the, the bigger uh, provinces or states in India. I think there was 230 million people in that, and, and they lim- they had a big breakout of COVID, and they stopped it with giving people ivermectin and a Z-pack and some a D3 and zinc. They, they gave every family some, and they stopped it. But the United States is, is bent on this particular deal, and, and Dr. Liu in Yuba Sutter County has had, because of her st- uh, management mismanagement has killed people in this county. Yeah, she's killed people. She's caused people to ruin their lungs because she just let people get really bad. We never do that in any other illness in in the United States. Just name me an illness, and we focus. We scared people to death in Yuba, Yuba Sutter County. We have people that post on Facebook. We, we were posting every single day a dashboard of all the COVID stats. When have we ever done that on any other disease 
that devastates people. COVID isn't as devastating as cancer or heart disease or even the flu. Some flus. So anyway, so those that wanted some medical information, there you go. Let me get down here. And uh, so I was talking about Gary uh, Kelly. I felt sorry for Gary Kelly because he was trying to do the right thing and he knew the right information and he knew about COVID and he was trying to make the best decision, but he's being controlled by the, the government, right? We have a socialistic government and they gave the, the airlines $54 billion to follow their directives. The government did 54 billion. And, uh, so he says the environment in our aircraft are safe, very high quality compared to say in any other indoor setting. And he says, I think the case is very strong that masks don't add much of anything in the air cabin environment, even though they were roughing me up, telling me they're going to throw me off the plane. And he's trying to get, cause I'm not flying. I think a lot of people just quit flying. I'm not going to put up with that crap. So I, I got all, I got, I don't even have to pay for flights with Southwest. I've flown so much with Southwest. I got all kinds of bonus stuff, but I'm not going to fly on those planes. And I, and I tell them that I, you know, I complain. So, um, anyway, the spokesperson for Southwest said that the 66 year old Gary Kelly has been fully vaccinated. He's all, he was already fully, he bought into the whole vaccination thing and has received the boosters and he's doing very well and currently resting at home. Uh, Gary's symptoms continue to be very mild. Listen, how often have you just, I have worked so many days when I've had symptoms in my life. I, I don't just lay down every time I get a runny nose or a headache or backache or cough. I work. I work out of my home now, but I don't like stay in bed. I get up and work. And now we're just, we're make we make a big issue of like when, when some people were going in regarding COVID, it was like a badge of courage that I got it. I got tested positive. I got COVID. I got it. Right. Everybody got COVID in my family. It's like, it's like an Easter egg hunt. I got one. I got the pink one. Are you kidding me? People? We've lost our minds. Is this a part of the whole safe space weirdness of the college campus? Like, Oh my God, I can't, I can't believe I'm not going to feel good today. I can't, I can't handle it. I can't handle not feeling good. Like, Hey, you know me. When I get good and sick and it makes me appreciate all the days, which are the majority of my days, I feel great. I feel great. And when I don't, I just makes me appreciate all those days. I, I've been, I haven't felt this way for three years, two years. And all of a sudden I'll get a cold for a week. And I'll say, it makes me appreciate all those days. I just breathe through my nose. I could breathe. I didn't have a cough. I could take in the big breath of air. Like what happened to all that people? What happened to that? Go back to normal. You want your rights? Stand up for them. You need to, you need to go back and read Patrick Henry. Give me liberty or give me death. Could you say that today? Probably not. I got some friends will say that. Give me liberty or give me death. That's how serious he was. And you know something? If Patrick Henry and James Madison and Benjamin Franklin and on and on and on. If those people weren't w willing to fight for their rights, they didn't have any rights under England. 
If you want rights in the United States of America, you just got to throw down and say, I'm not going to wear that mask. I'm not going to. I can come into this board of supervisors meeting and this school board meeting if I want. This is my meeting, not your meeting. We'll be right back. We're going to do the fourth segment in just a minute. this whole white privilege thing. Is there a white entertainment category on Netflix, Hulu, and Prime? No, but there is a black one. Is there a white-owned restaurant category on Uber Eats? No, but there is a black one. Are white people being hired to fill a diversity quota in corporations and companies? No, but black people are. And is there a whole system of affirmative action for white students that puts them in colleges of which they are unfit to attend purely based on their race? No, but there is one for black students. And can white people go out and riot and loot and burn down businesses in the streets while being cheered on by the political left? No, but black people can. White people, don't you dare say a word because you'll be labeled a racist. If you want to know who's in power in your country, think about who you cannot criticize. Hey, everybody. Um, this is a really hard video to make, but um, I was just doing some traveling and I stayed in Texas for a month. And of course, I just tested positive for the new freedom variant. I'm embarrassed I even went there. Um, symptoms include feeling free, feeling positive about life, feeling normal again. Um, it's awful. Uh, nobody was judging me for not wearing a mask alone in a field or a park. And um, I just please ask you pray for me because I am back in New York City and um, these symptoms will not go well here. They They will not like any of these symptoms around them. So... I will have to quarantine and I just warn you, do not get close to me, okay? Because this variant spreads very quickly and I will be a very happy and positive person. Uh, I won't judge you. I won't ask about your medical status. I'll be saying things like your body, your choice, and I'll actually mean it. So again, um, you're not gonna wanna be around me in New York right now. Behind me in the background, as you can see the endless line of people, is the Freedom Rally here in London. Um, a few of the observations is that these really are the ordinary people of England. This is, you know, the, the grassroots of England, if you will. This is my kind of people, Normalville. So as you come down New Bond Street, you have all of these very rich individuals, you know, lining up outside Chanel or Louis Vuitton to buy their nonsense. Whereas here, there's, I don't know how many, and it doesn't matter to me, but the line goes on and on and on. The flags they have are Australian, New Zealand, American. There's people here from the left, people here from the right. People who used to like each other, but now love each other. And the atmosphere is really, is a really happy one. Um, and what's so delightful is that all these people are actually asking for, is nothing that difficult to give because they're just asking for freedom. Hey, Katie, you're a 
Oh, thank you very much. Yes, come and join this. Tell everyone, are you What's here? For, are you are you joining the march? Yeah, or not? Oh, I'm actually on the live. Can't say hello. Hello, how are you doing? What do you think of all the people here for the Freedom March? Yeah, lovely people. Lovely you know what I mean? People. They're, they're for quality and for rights. That's all it is. <laughs> I'm not are. good for lives anyway, but you have a lovely yeah, day. Thank you, and you too. See nice you later. to meet you. <laughs> so, um, and that's generally been my, my take from this rally today. Hello, my love. It's, you're live streaming as well. Okay, well, hello to everybody. Thanks for coming along and supporting. And, uh, and that's just the thing, is everything's been about support and people being kind of happy to see each other and uh, all nationalities represented here as well. It just, it does, it's uplifting. People say, what's the point of the protests? And I say to them, it's not protests. It's people coming together to remind each other that you're not alone. And that's really my overriding message from today. Take a look behind me. Um, you're not alone. The mainstream media and others may try and make you feel alone. They may try and make you feel afraid, but you're not alone. So let me give you some things that aren't true. This is an article uh, that I'm not going to spend a lot of time on, uh, it, uh, but I'm going to tell you what it is. In fact, I, I want you to go to Rumble and listen to the whole interview. Joe Rogan interviews Peter McCullough. But this is an article re written by Art Moore about that. It says, unnerving, colon, Dr. Peter McCullough warns Americans of biggest public health crisis. It, he said in the subtitle, it's led to the to large number of deaths, hospitalizations, and permanent disability. What do you think caused that disability? That's the vaccines or the shots, they call it. So he writes an, an article about this uh, interview. But then he does this kind of postscript, uh, extra stuff at the end. And he says, not a single one of these statements are true. The following statements, listen to these. This is by a guy named, um, uh, let's see. Let me just see here. Okay. He says, uh, Michael P singer, S E N G E R says, folks, if you're fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. You remember people telling us that? The problem is that the vaccines aren't real vaccines and they don't stop COVID. In fact, they actually vaccinated people can give COVID to other people. They become super spreaders. They shed it, not S-H-E-D. They shed it. So if you got vaccinated, you remember back in the days when you got vaccinated for various things when you were a child and you thought, oh, I'm not going to get that because I got vaccinated, right? It was prevention. This does not prevent it. Now they keep, ch they keep changing the goalposts. And they say, oh, well, you know, you're, you're, you can get it, but it's not going to be as bad, right? And it doesn't last because you got to get boosters. Remember, it was going to be one shot, 
and then you could take your mask off and, and go back to American life as we always wanted it. The reason we're not going back, people, is because the people at the global reset, the global if you if you have a problem with the global reset, just look up the book Klaus Schwab Global Reset and read it. Don't take my word for it. Re do some research on your own. So it was a lie. Uh, folks, if you're fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. You didn't need to wear a mask in the beginning with COVID. You didn't. McCullough says you didn't need to incessantly wash your hands. You didn't need to wear a mask. You didn't need to not go to school. You didn't need to stand apart. And he tells in the Joe Rogan interview how COVID works exactly in your body and how you can stop it very easily and prevent it very easily, cheaply, and never have a big problem, even if you're an old person. Let me give you something else that's not true. Biden, President Biden said this. If you're not vaccinated yet, go to, and he gives this website, to find a shot and mask up until you're fully vaccinated. It's just not true. You, you go there, you, you can't find what you want. He's saying it, it was bad advice. And you don't need to mask up until you're fully vaccinated. Because what they're really saying, that all the, the bureaucrat medical people that are full of baloney are saying you got a mask for the rest of your life. In fact, Fauci said the other day, that he doesn't believe will ever go on public transport again without a mask, even though CEO of Southwest says it's not a problem on our plane. We're, we have clean air, right? Uh, Michael Singer says, so to clarify, the NFL, NBA, and NHL professional sports leagues with some of the healthiest people in the world are each seeing massive COVID outbreaks despite vaccination rates over 95%, but somehow increasing vaccination is supposed to end COVID? No, increasing vaccination is not going to end COVID. In fact, it's going to make it worse. What ends, what ends any illness that's communicable is herd immunity. H-E-R-D, herd, like a herd of, Herd of goats. Herd immunity. Enough people get it to where it just doesn't bother you anymore. Because the droplets, Peter McCullough says you literally have to be in close proximity to somebody sick for at least 13 hours to get it. And then all you have to do is irrigate your nostrils down into your eustachian tubes and into your throat and then gargle with like, you could put hydrogen peroxide in uh in water or put some iodine in water and it kills the the virus if if for instance if you went to work all day and you were in say for 10 or 12 hours eight hours in a close proximity to other people even though they weren't sick you didn't know whether they're sick or not right and you come home and you just every day you gargle and flush your nasal area out you're good to go it stops it it kills it you don't need to wipe down the counters. You never needed to wipe down your counters. You never needed to wash your hands incessantly. You never needed to wear a mask. You never needed to stand six feet apart, or you never needed to not be, be in group gatherings. You just needed to treat your, you know, treat your, your, uh, your nasal passages. 
But but the difference between Peter McCullough is he's a science he's a he's a medical doctor that treats medical folks. I mean patients, and he's the head of Baylor University Medical School, and he's no one in in the history of the world has written as much about heart disease and taking care of heart patients. He knows what he's talking about. And he just, he, he's a real doctor. He tells you how to stay safe, how to stay healthy, how to get healthy, how to get back to health. I'm going to take a few minutes because we've been talking about Peter McCullough and I'm going to just play three clips in a row. The total composite of all three clips, I think is about, uh, Oh, let's see. It's, uh, just under five minutes so uh you just get a little taste test of peter mccullough ask i i pick out the juiciest questions because they're questions that it's going to show uh that you're getting fed a line of baloney by the government whether it's state county or federal you certainly get a line of baloney here we have a, a gal that's totally off a rocker as our health officer and is putting people in the hospital nobody should have gone to to write out or what we used to call write out Adventist hospital. Nobody should have had to go on there and go on the vent. Nobody. We could have prevented every single one of them. So uh, we're going to, uh, I'm going to switch over and we're going to listen to this clip now by uh, Joe Rogan and Peter McCullough for five minutes. Okay. Be right back. Would you think this is an organized thing? Do you think this is just what happens when you have a massive group of people that are dealing with an incredibly, uh, tense and anxiety ridden event like a pandemic where no one knows what the solution is and a lot of people a lot of people are terrified of just everyday life and then all of a sudden something like this comes along and those are the people that are more easily manipulated and they fall in line together because there's sort of a tribal aspect this type of thinking and behavior and you find support from other people that are equally afraid you know, the mass psychosis clearly is focused on pillar number four. That was the last pillar that I presented to the Americans uh, in November of, of 2020 in the U.S. Senate. This is before the vaccines came out, and that is vaccination. Listen, vaccination should play a role. I've taken all the vaccines. Uh, my kids have taken all the vaccines. Uh, I went to India. I took extra vaccines. So there's, I don't have any problem with vaccines. Uh, what had happened is, I, I want to say by April of 2020, it was clear that the vaccine development program was far more advanced than we ever could have imagined. How could we have actually figured out the neutralizing antibodies and have the sequence to the spike protein and have all that ready to go? We have already figured out how to load it into messenger or adenoviral DNA. How do we actually get that to run? Remember, there are 24 of these platforms. They had all previously failed except for Patirisan. A lot of people don't know this. There is a messenger RNA product. I can use it as a cardiologist called Patirisan. It's a small interfering messenger RNA that we use to treat amyloidosis. But the previous trials of gene transfer technology, which is what these are, were normally to replace a missing protein. So, for instance, I'm a cardiologist. I treat a condition called Fabry's disease. It affects the heart. There was a messenger RNA program to basically replace the missing enzyme, alpha-galactosidase. But in this case, to take these platforms and say, you know what, these are ready to go. We're just going to insert the code for the spike protein, which is now what we've learned, is the lethal part of COVID-19. The ball of the virus, the nucleocapsid, that beach ball, is relatively harmless. What causes all the damage is the spine or the spicule on the surface. Everyone knows the cartoon of the virus. That's called the spike protein. 1,200 amino acids, about a dozen glycosylation sites. It has some homology, by the way, to HIV. 
Uh, and so a lot of people don't know this, but the original, one of the original antigenic vaccines that was tested in Australia exposed that HIV epitope. It turned everybody in the trial HIV positive who took a COVID-19 vaccine in Australia. These young people were outraged. And so this was on the Internet. It was quickly suppressed. But if anybody wants to type this in right now, you can actually learn that one of the very first vaccines tried in Australia actually turned everybody HIV positive. They didn't have HIV, but there was a molecular trickery that was going on. Having said this, now when we look back, when we look at the books, Popper, um, Bregan, uh, Robert F. Kennedy, and now uh, Atlas, it's pretty clear that this was planned. And it was planned, and the, mass, the elements of the mass psychosis are clearly planned. In fact, the elements of the mass psychosis are in the Johns Hopkins planning document. They had that up on their website since 2017. Once the pandemic hit in March of 2020, in March of 2020 they actually published it in the peer-reviewed literature. You can see how it was all done. That's how the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health had the death count up on CNN and MSNBC and Fox as a scoreboard. Do you remember the scoreboard mm. was number of cases and deaths? How do they get that, Joe? Come on, I fill out death certificates every day. Do you know the average death certificate comes to me six weeks after the death? How are they getting these deaths, instantaneous numbers, picking up every day? It was extraordinary what Americans saw. So, so how were they getting that? To this day, we don't know. To this day, we don't know. All we know on the CDC website is the CDC website says that about 90% of the deaths that have occurred with COVID-19 have been associated with significant comorbidities, meaning other major problems that were in the proximal pathway to death. The Italians have just recoded all of their deaths. They say 97% of the Italian deaths, meaning someone had heart failure, advanced lung disease, kidney disease, on dialysis, advanced cancer. A good example was Colin Powell. Colin Powell just died recently. He was in his 80s. He was fully vaccinated, and he died of multiple myeloma, but he was also COVID positive. And so the question is, how much of the COVID did he die of and how much of the multiple myeloma? Larry King died the same way. We can pick, doesn't, we'd have to go far to find well-known personalities where this happened. Interestingly, there was no reconciliation for duplicates. So if you would have went to one testing center and put your name as uh, uh, Joe Rogan and you went to another testing center and said your name is, you know, Jose Rogan or something, you'd come in as two different tests. There was never any reconciliation. And we understood over time that the number of tests positive was in a sense padded. It was padded by duplicate tests. It was padded by this idea of asymptomatic testing. So one of the big discoveries in 2020 is that the virus is not spread asymptomatically. It's only spread from sick person to susceptible person. This is a very important two major papers, one by Cao from China, one by Madewell, nailed this down. Once we learned that asymptomatic testing wasn't happening, it became clear the Swedes were right. Scott Atlas was right. Well, the only thing we needed to do was just keep sick people at home. They were the only people who needed to quarantine. And well, people could go do what they were going to do. Somebody can't walk into a workplace with no symptoms and give the virus to somebody else. It doesn't happen. So if that's the case, why is there this resistance to the idea that people have natural immunity? All roads Having, lead to the vaccine. Yeah. All roads lead to the vaccine. Why has there been – why is there no single Harvard protocol or Mayo Clinic protocol to treat COVID-19 – to prevent hospitalization and death. Why? 
we're two years into it. You mean Harvard won't treat a single patient at home to prevent a hospitalization? I said at the very beginning, I said there's two bad outcomes. There's hospitalization and death. That's it. If you could get through this at home and not end up in the hospital, the whole world could get through this. And you know, not a single leader could articulate that goal of avoiding these hospitalizations. Not a single leader. Trump couldn't say it. Biden couldn't say it. Marcon couldn't say it. Nobody could actually state the problem. This is what Scott Atlas is saying. There is a global ineptitude where they can't even they can't even state what the problem is. If you get to you go to any one of these CEOs of these health systems and say, what are you doing to prevent hospitalizations and deaths with COVID-19 as a composite outcome? They draw a blank. All right. I hope you enjoyed that. And I just want to refer you again. I recommend that you go to listen to Rumble. Go on Rumble. You can go duck, duck, go to search for it or one of your search engines and and go to Rumble and then just go Joe Rogan, R-O-G-A-N and Peter McCullough, M-C-C-U-L-L-O-U-G-H. And then go to and listen to the two-hour deal. Listen to it in segments and just put it on the background. It's real easy listening. It's just very casual discussion and uh, very informative. So I want to go on. Uh, this The title of this article was The Only Study Claiming Surgical Mass Work Has Just Completely Fallen Apart. In other words, they fraudulently... Uh, many organizations were fraudulently saying this worked, that worked to go along because they either get money from the government or they were just going along to make this whole uh, fiasco sound right. So uh, it's it's interesting, this article, because I did an article a while back. I read an article about some parents in Florida who took their children's masks that they, they were told they had to wear and they took them into a lab and they had the lab look at the, what was in the mask after kids wore it for a, a couple days, right? Cause kids, you know, they put it in their back pocket, they put it in their backpack, they throw it down, they drop it, they take it off, they handle it, they wipe their butt, wash their hands, put touch the mask, you know, it's just, it's a mess, right? Kids get messy. And so that, that, that masks themselves, it took a paragraph of to list all the medical problems that were clinging to that mask that were from E. coli to all kinds of garbage. And so mask cause illness. I was uh, I went into Harbor, Harbor Freight over here in Yuba City to pick up a couple new light shop lights. And uh, as I was there, the lady that that was going to take care of me at the at the counter commented to her to someone else nearby these darn masks i got a rash on my face that's the problem they the masks actually collect debris germ debris you can't see it but it's in there and then it rubs your face and uh oh i can't remember this heart doctor he's done thousands of heart surgeries for loma linda university and now he's in, uh helping people live better to not have to have a heart surgery and he had a discussion on youtube it was very interesting uh, uh an interaction about masks and he said actually there are are studies to show that because you know a lot of people say well masks work because nurses wear them and doctors wear them and they don't always wear them by the way but they wear them in surgeries and he said he said the only reason doctors really have to uh, should wear them in a surgery 
is if they're leaning over somebody, you got the gut or the chest pulled apart, or you're working on an open part of their body and, and you sneeze or, or you're talking, right? Pass me this, pass me that, do this, do that. The doctor's giving orders while they're sawing on somebody. And, and so when you talk, sometimes a particle, you know, a wet particle will fly out of your mouth, right? So they're keeping stuff from falling and into the cavity of the patient. And so I wish I can't remember this guy's name. Uh, I'll, I'll catch it one day. So anyway, uh, this guy, this guy is a brilliant heart doctor. So anyway, he says they did a test uh, because when when a mask is on your face and you're talking, your jaws going up and down and you're breathing in and out. Fl- flex of cells are are breaking off your skin and falling off your face. You can't see them, but that's what's happening. And he said, that's falling into the patient. And so he said, doctors actually are better, are cleanlier uh, and not going to cause a bigger problem if they didn't wear a mask. But he said, it takes hundreds of years to change the way medical science does medical science, uh, even though people prove things. So this mask thing is a, a, it says one subtitle here is the CDC caught hiding data about data about mask efficacy. In other words, how good it works in schools. According to a recent report in New York magazine, the CDC covered up what one of their own studies found that masking about masking children in schools. And it said uh, they published a notable yet mostly ignored large-scale study of COVID transmission in American schools at the end of May. The findings in their study cast doubt on the impact of things like distancing, hybrid models, classroom barriers. You know, you go around. I kept, I keep running into businesses. They got this plexiglass, and then they keep saying, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I said, take the damn plexiglass down. <laughs> anyway, and then HEPA filters, and most notably requiring student masking. You know, it doesn't work. It's nonsense. If just somebody just come up with all these ideas and it wasn't based on science, uh, they found no statistical significant benefit to any of these. In other words, these measures could not be said to be effective. Plexiglass, wrapping kids in plexiglass cubes, mask, uh, incessantly washing the hands, uh, standing six feet apart. It's just crazy. It says the vast majority of scientific research show masks are ineffective at preventing, preventing the spread of any kind of respiratory illness, the flu, anything. And just because other people do, it doesn't mean it's right. You're it's, it says contrary to public belief, every single, uh, randomized clinical trial ever performed on mask usage and prevention of infection for laboratory confirmed influenza, the common cold or respiratory viruses shows that masks are ineffective. That means they're not effective, ineffective. Did you hear what I said? I'm talking about every, every study and it never helped on the flu on the common cold or any other respiratory virus. The CDC recently even conceded that they are not aware of any randomized controlled trials that conclude masks are effective at preventing the spread of coronavirus or any other virus for that matter. Please, people, if you want to wear a mask, if you want to wear a condom all day walking around town, I don't really care. 
But please get a clue and don't try to argue with people that it's it's the right thing to do. They're saving my life. Please. What's going on, Sports Wars? This is Ryan with the RK Outpost, EngageGamers.com, and Titleist is a golf brand that makes a variety of different equipment, whether it's golf balls, whether it's golf clubs, whether it's apparel. If there's something golf-related, there's likely a Titleist logo on it somewhere if you look hard enough. They're a massive sponsor for a ton of people on the PGA Tour and a partner with the Tour themselves. Well, they clearly have now chosen a political side as they have decided to ban certain phrases that really aren't offensive in any way, shape, or form and allow other ones. And I'm guessing, if you're watching this channel, you can probably guess the type of phrases they've banned and the type of phrases they allow. Look at the headline from Fox News. Titleist blocks customers from personalizing golf balls with Let's Go Brandon. Imagine something so innocuous as the phrase, let's go, Brandon, that has triggered leftists this much. And it all started in sports. It all started at the NASCAR race itself. When that reporter heard people chanting, fuck Joe Biden, and tried to pretend like you should hear something else. Oh, they're saying, let's go, Brandon. And that has, of course, taken the country and the world by storm. Well, Titleist doesn't want people using that phrase. Customers attempting to print the popular anti-Biden chant, Let's Go Brandon, on Titleist golf balls were given an error message and told their orders could not be completed. And if we actually go over to Twitter, you can see Caleb Hall, I think, is the one who actually found this right here. So at Titleist has now banned the phrase, Let's Go Brandon, on their golf balls. That is absolutely insane. It says, thank you for your recent order, but we can't process it. Uh, should you like to provide a different customization, please let us know. And this is, he retweeted something from October 27th when he'd ordered it before. He ordered Let's Go Brandon in October. And since that time, they've changed their policy a little bit. And Fox did some digging after these reports. They tested some things for themselves. Uh, a report from PJ Media also stated Let's Go Brandon was not allowed on the golf balls. When Fox News Digital attempted to personalize a Titleist Pro V1, an error message said, sorry, one or more of the words you've chosen cannot be used. So what, you can't say Brandon? Is, is that what's going on? Maybe you just can't say Brandon anymore. Maybe it's just that offensive that even dudes named Brandon that won it on their golf balls, maybe they can't even get it anymore. But to do some testing and some digging, Fox News decided to test some other phrases to see if you could put it on the golf ball. Maybe they just banned all politics whatsoever. There's nothing that can be on there. But of course, I think you know that's not the case. Akushnet, the parent company of Titleist, did not immediately respond to a request to comment from Fox News. Certain political and vulgar messages from, that Fox News Digital tested did not receive the same error message, including fuck Trump, ACAB, Antifa, kill cops, impeach Trump, and kill Trump. So all of that is allowed, but a simple statement of let's go Brandon 
That can't happen. Again, Titleist is a massive, massive company. If you're not familiar with golf, you might not quite understand how big they are in the golf world. Uh, the amount of people that use Titleist golf balls and Titleist golf clubs specifically, it's a huge number of people. And they are deciding that they will only allow one type of speech when you're going to go on there and customize a golf ball. Absolutely pathetic, but just tells you how scared to death these people truly are. And uh, it, it's ridiculous they allow those type of messages, literally, kill Trump, but nothing about let's go, Brandon. Pathetic. Don't believe me, just watch. Okay, we're in our fifth segment here, and uh, l let me mention a couple people that, that I want to express thanks to, and that is these guys came on. I got to meet them at church, and I had known them in the past, uh, Bill and Carla Artemenko, and, uh, but I never really ran with them. I didn't cross paths with them a lot, but then they showed up at church where I go and we got to know each other. We talked every once in a while. And then he asked me if he, I could use some help on the show. And, uh, he runs, they run the thrifty rooter, thrifty rooter. And, and they've been around for, it's, I'm so impressed by people. A lot of these, every one of these people that help me, uh, help this show, I've all started their own businesses. Isn't that great? I think that's just great. I'm proud of them. My dad uh, was an independent business, private. You know, he he ran his own uh, shop for my whole time I knew him. He he always worked for himself. And uh, my uncles, my one of my uncles was a carpenter, worked for himself. So I, I really know what it takes to do this, and I'm so proud of these people. But uh, the Artemikos have done a wonderful job with Thrifty Rooter, and they will get your job done. It's one of the worst things to me plumbing is so fascinating and i i really admire the uh the skill of plumbers they're amazing and uh i don't want to get too off track here and telling stories because i don't have a lot of time left but but uh when you got a plumbing problem you you got a problem and you can't put it off oh we, we won't fix that till next year when we can save for it right <laughs> usually it's like hey the water's running over here so uh, anyway, the cool thing about technology nowadays, in the middle of the night, if something happens, you don't have to wait till 8 in the morning to call. You can, you can call in the middle of the night sometimes and get a plumber, or you can just send an email. If you go to the thriftyrooter.net website, you can tell them what your problem is, and actually they, they have a list of the—they give you a menu of what they do. Boom, boom, boom. You just check it off. That, that's what I need right there. I need my septic tank pumped. I need, I need my— toilets plugged or my i got a break in my water line coming into my house or something something give them a shout out if you can wait till the morning and just send that then that uh you can send a message right off their website at uh thriftyrooter.net but if you don't have a uh, if you don't have good wi-fi or something something you could just do old school and just dial up 530-673-8201 let me give you that again 530-673-8201 and they have they have folks dispatching them and they'll take your message and they'll get it to them right away okay so check them out and also uh i just dave greenitz i we, we were uh, de demolishing a fence in downtown marysville uh 
and Dave uh, Greenitz and his wife, Leslie Greenitz, put on the Creative Light Theater, and they always like to repurpose wood, like they find wood that's kind of tinted or it looks old. And we had these old fences we were taking down, and we are going to take down these trees and build a new fence. And so he stopped by and helped us and took some of the fencing material so they could build in the next set. And uh, so anyway, they Dave Greenitz has one of, been one of my longest supporters and uh, we laugh about the fact that he probably doesn't need to advertise, although I think everybody should, but he's, he could retire anytime he wants probably, but he likes doing what he's doing. He's got several crews of guys that do amazing kitchens and baths. So uh, my words are not going to be able to describe what you can see in a photo, uh, but particularly before and after when they, the transformation of what people took their kitchen to by hiring him. So, you know, you can hire anybody. You can get somebody just off the street said, oh, yeah, I, I can remodel. <laughs> and uh, and I'm not necessarily saying you, you should always use somebody that has a license. I My thing is uh, if you want something done, you're going to spend quite a bit of money. It's like, hey, do quality, right? And it's going to last. You're always going to be happy with it. You're not going to redo it another year or so. So you can reach Greenitz Construction a couple, actually three different ways. One through Facebook at Dave Greenitz Construction. That's green with E-T-Z on the end. Dave Greenitz Construction Facebook page. Or his website, greenitzconstruction.com. Or you could dial him up at 530-682-9602. You can text him there as well, 682-9602. And, uh, get, you know, have your powder dry because he's, he's liable to answer the phone. He doesn't have a secretary. He just does it himself. And uh, so 530-682-9602, or you can actually communicate just like with Thrifty Rooter. You can shoot him a message off the platform you're using there. So he will help you. Okay, and then uh, let's I'll save, save the other two till the next break in uh, the, the last uh, our last segment. So let me go back down here and uh, see what we were doing just a minute ago. And uh, okay, so I was talking about surgical masks, and uh, I was I was somewhere to oh I, I I forget where I was. I was in a number of places earlier today, and. A lot of people had masks on. I felt bad. I just felt bad, and then I think they felt bad for me because they thought, oh, this dude is out, out of line <laughs> because they swallowed the pill. Uh, anyway, I'm not going to get a, a lot of statistics uh, because it says there's a famous Bangladesh study that supposedly proved surgical masks work, uh, but they they really didn't the the statistics didn't bear out and cloth masks are totally a waste of time, but Peter McCullough actually says in the the Joe Joe Rogan interview that he he actually starts quoting all the statistics and he said if you wear like a particle mask like an N95, eighteen percent of the oxygen you're taking in is going around the mask. <laughs> he quotes the percentage right. And I know that because I've used them working painting and the paint goes right around the edge and gets in your nose anyway. And so it's just, it's just a, a loser deal. And, and it's, you know, what's sad to me, like I got list after list after list of the actual studies 
here and I could go over all of them with you, but it's just, I don't want to bore you to death. I, I, I just, what makes me sad is people and institutions I had great admiration for and respect for and trust in like the centers for disease control and the national Institute of health and world health or I just would, I didn't think they would ever intentionally do something stupid, but this whole thing with the, um, the big pharma has now got control of these institutions and big pharma is using them to sell their product. Frankly, that's what's going on here. When you're selling shots at $25 a piece, baby, you are cranking up the dollars and that's just where it is. And it, it talks about here. Uh, uh, let's see. Yeah, it's just all ineffective. So we have people, examples of people standing up. It, it was this article uh, says we're not going to social. We're gonna we're not gonna be socialist. And it says army veteran arrested for the third time while protesting the New York City mandate. So probably the mandates in Los Angeles, San Francisco, and New York City are the toughest in the nation. And so Michael Bosch, I I admire this guy. There's a photo on. You can't see the photo, but I saw it. it looks like a cool guy. Michael Bosch, 42 now, who previously served in Iraq twice, once in Afghanistan, went into the shop. Where did he go? What kind of shop? Uh, anyway, uh, let me say, on August 17th, New York City started requiring restaurants, gyms, and many other businesses to check guests and workers for proof of COVID-19 vax, as, as well as they had to have a photo ID. That's what the Yuba Sutter Arts Council is doing. After taking government money, it's not being a private business. Uh, so he went into this shop and uh, anyway, served there. And he went in the shop on the afternoon, of December 19, holding an American flag after having ordered food online. So he ordered food online. He went in just to pick it up, not to eat there. He was joined by about eight other people who supported his cause, including gubernatorial candidate Derek Gibson, held a copy of the Constitution and said, this is my vaccine passport. And he held, he handed them the Constitution. Oh, it was Panera. He went into Panera Bread. Panera, that's, they got good food over there. But they wouldn't serve him because he he didn't have proof of vaccination. Both police were called, and they told Bosch that he was trespassing and he needed to leave. Now, that's debatable right there, trespassing. Uh, so uh, he told the police officer, back down and join my ranks. And he, he says, uh, he said, you are communists and we're going to take you out. But he says, we're not, I'm not talking about violently, but we're going to win this. So anyway, um, they brought in six more officers in this ridiculous about a mask, right? And a vaccine. So over vaccine mandated vaccine they had eight officers for this guy. People are shooting each other in New York, raping each other, beating each other down, stealing stuff, breaking glass and stealing thousands of dollars. And they got eight officers going to take this guy. They arrested him after his release. About three hours later, he went back to Gateway Center and he entered, entered Smashburger. In other words, he started at Panera. Now he's, he's still hungry. He's going over to Smashburger. Police came again. This time they argued outside. Bosch left without being arrested. And so he's been arrested multiple times because he's he's standing up for his rights. Now, if you're not willing to stand up for your rights, you're going to lose your rights. I guarantee it. And uh, so uh, I won't go into each deal, uh, but 
but that's what he did. Now, uh, we got all kinds of whistleblowers coming forward. There's a lady, and I can't recall her name, but I was going to play her clip, but it's 15 minutes long. It was just too long. But a lady, she's a medical doctor. She went in the military at 17. She went to study medicine. She, she's got a master's degree in public health as well, and, and not, not only public health, but in military health. Um, and She's a medical doctor. She's had 30 years in the service, and she says uh, vaccine is damaging our soldiers. And to give a quarter of a million soldiers that vaccine is going to ruin our fighting force. And she told, and she whistle blew, and she said when I began to talk to, uh, she was treating her uh, patients in the military with, the products to keep them from getting any sicker hydroxychloroquine ivermectin when they found out about it they took her patients away in the military u.s military because they were doing what dr lou's doing they're going to send them in and let them get as bad as they can and then they'll send them over to the hospital terrible it's malpractice she called them on it as under the whistleblower regulations of the united the united states code law and uh, she so in you can find it uh, on on uh, I don't know if it's on YouTube or it's, anyway if you want it I can get it for you. Uh, but it's an amazing talk, and she just expresses uh, that you that she said you are not going to be able to provide a military force. If in other words, if a person gets shot and killed, that eliminates a trained uh, combatant. And you're going to eliminate them over vaccines because a lot of people aren't going to take that vaccine. They're going to walk away from the military. And there's going to be others like there's a lot of pilots that are being removed from flying because they've had adverse reactions. So uh, then we have the the whistleblower that has fled China. And this is Dr. Yan Li Ming, Yan Li Ming, who worked in the Wuhan uh, lab. And her husband, who is a uh, dedicated communist, uh, tried to coax her to come back to Asia, and they would forgive her, and they would give her lots of money, millions of dollars, and give her her own lab, right? This is what communists do, and then they get her over here, and they'll put her in jail. You'll never see her again. But she has, uh, Dr. Yan Li Ming was one of the first ones to come out and say this, this was produced in the lab it was not a a natural virus it was man a made virus they took a natural virus and they weaponized it they uh they changed it and they weaponized it to be terrible in fact peter mccullough says we've never seen a virus like this this is what they weaponized us with with it it damages it creates blood clots in your lungs it also attacks your red, your red cells in your vessels, and uh, it it's it's it can be devastating if you don't treat it right away. And Dr. Liu here locally is emphasizing she doesn't want doctors to treat it right away. She wants people to get good and sick, and then let Adventists put them on the vent and on remdesivir, which is killing I think thirty to forty percent of everybody that takes it. It causes your it causes remdesivir. 
in the same way that the monoclonal antibodies is for preventive and the beginning of an illness, that's what remdesivir has been uh, successful at. Remdesivir killed people in, in the Ebola experience experiments in uh, West Africa. Uh, so Dr. Yan Li Ming, female, says the reason is very clear. Uh, I, she said they, uh, the communist government is, gov- is controlling 1.4 billion people. The reason is very clear because the things I'm telling the world actually reveal the top confidential plans of the Chinese government. They've spent over 20 years working on the novel bioweapons, new bioweapons, including using the coronavirus uh, then to be what I call super dupered, right? They jack it up, put new wheels under it and cause it to be more powerful because it already is an infection, right? It already spreads. So now you just want to make it more devastating, right? More difficult for people. Uh, so she said, but despite pushback from fellow scientists, her former employer, and even now her estranged husband, who she said tried to poison her, that happens a lot, by the way. In co- you think, oh, I, I think she's exaggerating. No, you don't know what you're talking about. In co- communist Vietnam, China, and Russia, they a lot of people get poisoned. COVID-19 whistleblower Li Ming says it was very easy for her to risk her life and career to speak up about her observation of the initial outbreak. She said, I'm the big problem uh, because she was uh, a member of the well-connected World Health Organization Influenza H5 Reference Lab uh, down in the University of Hong Kong at one time. Anyway, she knows what's going on, and she's been talking about it. And it's a bioweapon, and it was created, and then it got out. And whether the, the only dispute now is whether it was intentionally let out or somebody just got sick and spread it. Uh, so, uh, <clears throat> by the way, SARS happened the same way, uh, and I can't remember the exact years for SARS. I have it here somewhere, but SARS, I, I was in Hong Kong. I had a team. We were taking smuggling Bibles into, into Vietnam, or Vietnam, but also into in China when SARS hit and people were getting sick and dying in Hong Kong. And, uh, and they had the same stupid uh, deal. Uh, they didn't say it came from a wet market bat. They came, said they came from a civet cat. They eat cat over there. You can go into a restaurant and they'll have cats in cages and they'll, they'll just pull them out of there and kill them and cook them for you. So they said, oh, it's a sick, sick civet cat. Anyway, um, she said she claims to have uh, she she claims to have learned that the Wuhan already knew of human to human transmission of a SARS like virus <clears throat> on December 31 2019. Then as January rolled in, Jan said she watched the CCP and who lie to the world about what they already knew about the transmission of the virus, which would later be proven a lie as the first cracks began to emerge in their story, showing that the CCP, that's the Chinese Communist Party, was covering up the extent of the disease outbreak. Yan added that the stage of this uh, at that stage CCP had already silenced or disappeared. She she's uh, has broken English. In other words, they ditched uh, the whistleblower doctors. There, remember, there were a number of whistleblower doctors in China and Wuhan that told the story, and they've never been seen again. 
Uh, that's just the way they do it over there. She said, if I don't tell the world, they will keep covering it up and there will be a bigger outbreak and even a pandemic more, more and more and more all over the world. So uh, I'll just leave you with that. And we just, uh, okay, I'm just, when, every time it comes down to our last segment, which is going to be in a few minutes, I have to pick and choose on my favorite things that I think are the most interesting right at the moment. And I'm just kind of looking at that right at right now as, as we're coming down. We just have about 20 or 30 seconds left to go. Um, did you know that the Secret Service, you know, in, in uh, California, the Employment Development Department misdirected uh, $20 billion, that's with a B, of uh, COVID benefits. And now the U.S. Secret Service is investigating a hundred billion dollars in COVID benefits that have been misdirected around the United States by scams. Okay. We're going to be right back. We got one more segment to go. People only to consume step two. Infiltrate adults with the news step three. Indoctrinate the children through the schools and the music and the apps on the phones that they use step four. Separate the right from the left step five. Separate the white from the black step six. Separate the rich from the poor. Use religion and equality to separate them more step seven. Fabricate a problem made a lie step eight. Put it on the news every night step nine. When people start to fight and divide, take control. This is called situational design. This is some news that broke. Mayor Bill de Blasio, the biggest cocksucker of all the suckers of cock, opened a safe injection site. What does that mean, Tyler? If you do heroin or you smoke crack, you can now have a safe space. New York, New York, you can shoot up here, you can shoot up anywhere. And today, the mayor doubled down. NYC opens nation's first safe murder site where criminals can safely kill a reasonable number of people while being supervised. Because you always, and I've always said this, you don't want to kill too many people. You want to kill just the right amount. And you also want to make sure that the criminal is feeling included. You just let them know, hey, we hear you, we see you, we feel your bullets, and we stand with you. But please, keep it to five murders and under. We have a long line. Everyone's in on the Great Reset. Well, almost everyone. There's one guy who's got the power to do something to stop it, and you know exactly where I'm going. And they made a mistake. They tried to get Trump on their side, so they invited Donald Trump to Davos, I think a couple of times. But in January, when Donald Trump, I think, really began to see the beast that he was up against, he went to Davos, yeah, to the World Economic Forum, and he stuck a mega finger in their eye. We're committed to conserving the majesty of God's creation and the natural beauty of our world. But to embrace the possibilities of tomorrow, we must reject the perennial prophets of doom and their predictions of the apocalypse. These alarmists always demand the same thing, absolute power to dominate, transform, and control every aspect of our lives. 
We will never let radical socialists destroy our economy, wreck our country. Two days after Donald Trump gave that speech, the 89-year-old leftist weirdo billionaire George Soros made an emergency intervention where, at Davos once again, warning that the U.S. 2020 election will determine the, quote, fate of the whole world. Now, in the context of Davos, take a look at this one more time. This is a month after Donald Trump addressed Davos and stuck the MAGA finger in their face. Here's what Francis, the Vatican, and Jeffrey Sachs had to say in response. And it is a dangerous country right now. It will be absolutely dangerous if Trump wins re-election. Trump wins re-election. Trump wins re-election. Francis invited this guy to the to the Amazon Senate as an honored guest and advisor. He's also Bernie Sanders' advisor. What's he doing in the Vatican? Why is this guy who's a promoter for socialist, out and out socialist, Bernie Sanders, what's he doing advising the Pope? Why does he have entree to the Vatican friends? Sachs supports abortion and contraception, but that's not a problem for the Vatican. For the Vatican, for Pope Francis, and for his friends at the UN, Donald Trump is the problem, obviously, friends. Clearly, I consider the Trump administration a danger to the world, but I regard it as a purely temporary phenomenon that will disappear in 2020. Do you get it? Do you see why there's so much hate for Trump? Because with all of his faults, again, he's the capitalist. He's not the globalist. He never will be one of them which is why he pulled the United States out of the Paris Climate Agreement. Donald Trump pulled the United States out of the World Health Organization. That's Bill Gates and company. And now he's threatening to pull the United States out of the World Trade Organization. People say, yeah, well, Donald Trump got married twice. He's a bad guy. Really? <laughs> he's right in the face of the demons on this, friends. Nobody ever said he was a saint. He's knocking the sacred cows of the United Nations down all over the world right now. The General Assembly routinely votes 185 against the United States on almost everything right now. And you remember, speaking of the United Nations, in November of 2019, again, right before COVID landed, Trump went to the UN on the floor of the General Assembly, and he declared war on globalism. Wise leaders always put the good of their own people and their own country first. The future does not belong to globalists. The future belongs to patriots. And shortly after the speech at the UN, Donald Trump delivered, what do you think happened? The coronavirus was unleashed on the world and Trump's booming U.S. economy went on life support. Do you think that was an accident? So when they tell you, when they tell all of us, to stay home, wear your mask, so grandma doesn't get sick. Please understand what's really going on here. They don't care about your grandmother. They don't care about old people, these people. They don't care about babies. They want them aborted so that they can save the common home. Abort babies, millions of them all over the world. They don't care about babies. They don't care about old people. In fact, if you want to save your grandma, tell the globalists to stay the hell away from her. You remember how some of them, like Cuomo and characters like this, were running COVID recovering patients through nursing homes? That's how much they care about grandma. And the name of the game now is to bring the United States economy 
to its knees, get it out of the way, so that everyone will want the Great Reset. Make the new normal so intolerably abnormal that even you and I, maybe, you know, at some point in the near future, we'll be begging for the vaccines because we'll be driven crazy by that point. Begging for whatever else is going to keep us safe, according to our jailers and our handlers and our zookeepers. You see, that's what they want. That's why they keep using this term new normal. You know what we do to fight back? Go to work. Go back to school. If you're healthy, take off the mask. And for heaven's sake, go back to church and pray that Trump wins in November. That's what the reset was. That's what the Russia hoax was all about. That's what, that's what the, the uh, impeachment hoax was all about, don't you see? For four years, I've been trying to stop this man because if he strengthens America, if he makes it great again, if he brings the economy back again, the reset won't happen. The new world order is going to be set way back. Who knows when they're going to have another COVID opportunity like this one again, and they know it. So ask yourselves why they hate this man. These folks, these men, they hate God. They hate the unborn. They hate the traditional family. They hate you. And they hate Donald Trump. Whose political opponents, by the way, right now are knocking statues of saints to the ground. They're beating up cops. And they're burning flags. <laughs> you say you don't like Trump. I'm sorry, friends, but who cares? That doesn't really matter anymore. But you think of Trump's personality or his tweets. Look at the big picture. The choice is simple, friends. Stand with America right now. Or fall with the new world order in the not-so-distant future. There's no other choice. Hecker and uh, Elite Universal Security have been with me for seems like years now. Uh, they started here in Yuba County and they spread all over Northern California. They still base out of here. Uh, they live here, uh, Monty and his wife Don, and they got quite a uh, great business going. Uh, not only do they do security, but they also help you get your concealed weapon permit. They train guards. They train you how to be a guard. So if you want to be a security guard, you're you thinking maybe you're a youngster. You just got out of high school and you think, oh, I'm not quite sure what I want to do. But maybe I'd like to be a police officer someday. But you could dip your you could dip in early on younger as a security guard and they would train you at Univer uh, Universal Security. And they have classes online as well as uh, in in the uh, class. And they can help you with that. So I'm going to give you a couple of websites you can look at if you're nosing around. If you want to have part-time work, you could do part-time work as well, particularly if you're a retired guy or lady. Uh, so EliteUniversalSecurity.com and API-Academy.com is their schooling uh, arm. Uh, but if you want to take a class, they have a variety of classes that you could take that even if you didn't want to be a guard, it would help you with taser or if you have some chemicals you get for Christmas, 
packing some spray of some sort that obnoxious spray that that would back somebody off that was wanting wanting to get in your business they will help you with all that but they will put you to work so all the you know a lot of these guys i'm going to mention one more in a minute but but elite elite universal security uh the uh the uh rotor rooter people they they're lo- all looking for jobs and they you know what they tell me they say lou we will train people uh we will train you uh if if you just will show up at work you get you're clean you're not doing drugs you're not coming out loaded on any substance but you're you've got a good attitude you want to learn to trade we this is a good trade and and so elite universal security they got they want people not just in yuba county they they're in counties all over northern california so if you're you stumble across this uh broadcast and you're up in shasta county or you're in one of these other counties just call in and say hey i'm over here if you ever have any you know i'd like to get involved if you have any work up here i'm here so um so give them a shout, and you could reach them at 530-749-0280. Let me give it to you again, 530-749-0280. And they're located over here just south of Marysville at, at 5548 Feather River Boulevard. And and the last person um, is Ted Holmes. Ted's been helping me. We, we got this building we're kind of rehabbing, and we took down all the trees we had richard's tree service over there they're local tree guys that are really good friends of mine and we had them over there that was amazing we were working in the rain this morning and they were up there in the midst of all these electrical wires and you communication wires it was crazy how many wires they were running through this little area where we were taking out these four big trees and raining cats and dogs this morning and um Rich's tree service did a phenomenal job and and quick and clean. They just did a super job, and they had to work around power lines and fences and buildings and go behind buildings. Just like this is like big. They didn't seem to mind. I thought it was a big deal. Then they came in and ground out the stumps, and uh, so now I can put up new fences. So they they were involved, but the uh, Ted Holmes was helping me over there just as a courtesy, and uh, helping me tear down get get all the equipment, tear down fences. But Ted has three businesses: the plumbing doctor. They also do plumbing. Um, you can reach them easily at five three zero six seven one nine one one one, and they they're out twenty four hours a day, every day of the week. If you need them, obviously they'd prefer you doing it in the normal hours, but Hey, stuff happens, right? You got to deal with it. So it's five three zero six seven one nine one one one. But he also uh, and and they'll train. He's looking for plumbers as well as a thrifty rooter. And maybe you're a plumber and you retired and you think, oh, I'm, this is killing me. I, I need something to do. Maybe you want to work a couple days a week. And they may take you on. I, I think Ted would and and uh, the Artemikos might as well because uh, there's a lot of people working part time now. And a lot of people, they do not like, you know, there's nothing in the the book, the Bible about retirement, by the way. (laughs) There's nothing in there about that. So that's just an American concept to get rid of old people, right? So uh, anyway, uh, 
you can check out the plumbing doctor. And also, Ted has a, uh, a construction business that if you need any construction work done, he's great. They're a great remodeler. As well as they have, if you ever need a floor removed, like in a shop or a building, or you take over a commercial building, you want to pull up all the tile or all the carpet, he's got machines that can do that really quick. And you want to make, maybe you want to go with a stained concrete look or a polished concrete look. Uh, we did that in the Hmong Church over in Yuba City. They thought, oh, we'll put down this, uh, you know, ceramic tile. And then when we got down and we we peeled up all their old funky floor, and they said, hey, Lou, could we, could we like, polish this and make it look like Sam's Club or something like that? And so we polished that baby for them, and they love it. It's so easy to clean. They love that. So uh, anyway, they have a liftoff floor removal. They're looking for guys to work as well. And But if you ever need a, a, a floor redone they can or concrete redone, uh, they can make it really look beautiful, really beautiful. So those are some of my supporters, and I want to thank all of them uh, and all the people that uh, have helped me in 2021 just uh, keep up with information and, and uh, keep us on the air, Santos and Tanner, all all these guys have been so so wonderful. Oh, I went to you know one of my friends, uh, Joanna Lasaga. They're uh, farmers in the area. Her husband Alan, her grow rice, and they also they raise steers, uh, grain fed, and they raise beef. So if you think, oh, I'm gonna, my dad was a butcher, so sometimes people say I want a half a beef, and or quarter beef or something or a whole beef. And they have a big family, and they put it in the freezer. So they actually sell beef to you. They raise it, and you can buy it right directly from them. Then we'll have it. You can arrange to have it butchered, and they'll help you with that. But uh, they uh, they do grain fed and grass fed. So, and I have some friends also the McEwens that do the same thing, Mark and Ann McEwen. And uh, by the way, I was I was going to mention this and talking about food. I wanted she sent me a clip that I want to mention, and it's about, you You hear all these, uh, you know, Bill Gates has ended, like, uh, making food in a laboratory, right? It's totally weird. And uh, she said, the University of California professor Frank Mitloner, Mitloner gave pro-real meat interests an interesting talking point with the observation that the ingredients in the two leading plant-based meatless burgers, you ever hear these meatless burgers uh or meatless products i always wondered how they pull that off uh, i anyway i won't get into I don't, I don't have time to go into any side stories the ingredients in these two leading plant-based meatless burgers are almost identical to those in dog food <laughs> that's scary it's like i'm not into dog food you know maybe maybe i could survive on dog food but i'm not that interested in it really right are you so, uh, anyhow, I wanted to, what I, now I forgot what I was going to mention to you. Oh, uh, I still, I still can't remember what I was going to tell you. It had something to do with, uh, I, I'm going to have to just leave it. I got to, times flying here and I just want to get onto this next deal. So I wanted to mention that from Joanna Lasaga. Uh, Joanna is involved with the, uh, she's leading the Yuba County Republican Central Committee, and they just had a potluck the other day and had a lot of people out to it, had a lot of uh, good good vibes and looking forward to a great year. 
Oh, i tell you what I wanted to tell you is that Freedom Co., the freedomcoalition.net, if you know of anybody like Joanna Lasaga and her husband Al that grow beef or grow any, uh, are raising beef or raising any other animals or producing eggs or uh, vegetables or nuts or anything in, in this area up in Northern California, what, what we're going to do at freedomco.net or Freedom Coalition Network is put together a database of farm-to-fork type interactions. So people that are living in this area can buy from farmers, and farmers can, when they spend all the time and effort, hard work and money to raise these wonderful products, that they can get rid of them efficiently without, no, without any waste, without any of the vegetables going to waste, for instance. So what we'd like to do is is many people are concerned about disruption in the the uh, flow of goods and services, you know, in in our country. They're getting nervous, and it's brought up about the need to be more organized and more, be more related to each other in each community. So we know, like the other day, I was going to, uh, you know, I I use a little bit of honey. I don't use sugar, but I use a little bit of honey. And so I was getting low. So it's at every store, right? Any grocery store carries honey. But I always drive over to the farmer that raises it. Uh, ape, it's an apiary called Strachan Apiaries. And I buy it from them for two reasons. One, it's local honey. And they say that's better for you. And number two, uh, it's good. I know where it comes from. I know what's in it uh, and because I, I know the family. And I'm supporting a local farmer. So whatever we can do to support our local farmers in our area is good. So what you can do for me, I gave you my email, lou at nohostagesradio.com. If you can send me anybody that you know that would deal directly with customers. Now, some farmers would rather just go to a farmer's market, and they don't want to have lots and lots of people coming to their ranch. You know, they're not set up for it, but some are. But um, and I'm also we're contacting all the farmers markets in the area, which are, there's a number of them actually. There's one up in Dobbins. There's one. There's one in downtown Yuba City. There's actually there's a few in Yuba City, and I think there's one in Marysville that starts sometime of the year. But we're we're going to be publicizing that on the internet and maybe in a booklet, so families will know. Hey, why don't we buy our honey locally? Hey, why don't we buy our beef locally? Hey, why don't we buy a sheep? You know or or whatever or or maybe one, we want to buy eggs right cage free you know rent eggs that where they run the range you know and they're they're healthy eggs they're good eggs no no uh weird chemicals in, in the chickens right so if you could send me any leads like if you grow something maybe you've got five acres of mandarins and there's a certain time of year you want to get rid of all your mandarins uh we're interested in directing people your way and help you sell your product, right? So just give me a shout out if you know of any, and uh, we will uh, we will go from there. Let's see. Let me see what's most important. We got seven minutes left. Uh, let me see down here. It, where, what are we gonna do? Uh, I want to talk for a second. Let me talk about, there's a great article. By the way, 
since we're at the end of the year, you might want to give away some money to help people. Uh, you know, I have people, I, I do a project in Vietnam. I'm not hitting you up for, for me. I'm just giving you an example. I do projects in Vietnam. Uh, we're sending over money right now to help very poor kids with Christmas. And uh, so there's a lot of good things to give to, and there's things that a lot of your money gets wasted. So be careful who you give to. There's a lot of warriors uh, donation for wounded warriors and things like that. You got to be careful, find out what the right one. I don't have time to do that right now with you. Uh, but uh, one, there's a, there's an organization I want to encourage you to give to uh, if you're Californian, uh, because it's a California organization, it's called the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association. You don't need to read, remember that. That's one of the, the most effective organization that protects the citizens' money from the government taking more of it. And it, if you just write down hjta.org, hjta.org, then you can give right online there. I, I'm a member. You can become a member, and then they'll send you newsletters, and you can they'll tell you how you can help them keep more of your money instead of the government. And, and they're the ones that, that back 40 years ago uh, passed, got Prop 13 passed, and that was a, uh, a proposition that stopped the, the raping financially of particularly older citizens, but anybody uh, of the real estate. And it, it, it put regulations on how much uh, value they could tax in your real estate and a number of other things that I don't have time, but you can read up to it on their website. It's a wonderful website, hjta.org. I give to them uh, throughout the year. I don't give every month, but I give to them a number of times a year because they do wonderful work and it's work specifically helping people, uh, taxpayers in California. So John Kupal, who's the, uh, the director, uh, writes articles. He's a great writer. And he says, California's rate of education spending continues to wrap uh, ra rapid ex escalation, but expected increase in performance remain lagging behind while taxpayers are doing their job. Politicians, education, bureaucrats, and teachers union aren't doing their jobs. The 40-year myth, there's a myth out there, and bureaucrats, government bureaucrats, all, all say, well, if Prop 13 wouldn't have happened, we'd have a lot of money. He said the 40-year-old myth that Prop 13 gutted education spending was never true to begin with, despite the progressive narrative, but now it has been exposed as utter fantasy. According to the federal government's National Center for Education Statistics, you ever hear this? Teachers are poorly paid. Uh, listen to this. This is national statistics in inflation-adjusted constant dollars per pupil spending in California for public elementary and secondary schools rose from $5,675 per pupil in 69.70 to $7,377 in 79-80 to, to $9,121 in 89-90. To to, and for 2017-18, the most recent year for which the statistics are available per pupil spending for K-12 public schools was $13,129 per pupil. Now, the Reason Foundation, a lady named Chris, Christian or a guy named Christian Bar Barnett, Barnard, uh, 
he says recently, inflation-adjusted education spending in California grew by a massive 44% between 2013 and 19, the fastest growth among any state in the nation, including the District of Columbia, during that period. Um, so uh, he goes on to say, if I can get my computer to move here, uh, He's talking about the teacher's retirement system uh, is buried in debt. It's got a hundred billion dollars in unfunded liabilities. That means those are those are promises they made to teachers that they will take care of them till they die. And and they don't have any money to do it. They've just simply wasted their money. They wasted their money in in huge pay for union and and it is, you know something, <clears throat> we still just have one teacher per classroom, right? Sixth grade, they might have three or four classrooms of sixth graders, but they have one teacher in every classroom. The huge increase in education in California and maybe the entire United States has been bureaucrats. Principals, vice principals, we have whole county and, and district offices loaded with with bureaucrats when you compare catholic catholic school systems they maybe have two or three administrators and a and a public school system of the same size will have 10 we are buried in people making 150 250 350,000 in education and it's it's crushing us so uh one of the things there's going to be uh it looks like a referendum or a measure on the night uh, 2022 ballot, the November ballot, <clears throat> that will be a parental choice for education again. In other words, you could choose where your child goes to school and the money will follow him or her. We Every year, it looks like we got a possibility and then the unions spend a gajillion dollars against it and everybody votes with the unions and sends their kids to crummy schools. Listen, we have a chance. To, school choice will set everybody free. And you then, then all you that have left the public education system, it's really not public education. It's government education. It's propaganda. Then you can leave the, leave the government education system, even though you're paying your taxes for it. And that money, then you could have a certain amount of money that would go towards the school of your choice, whether it was religious or not. Well, we finished our six segments, and we hope you enjoyed it. So I'll see you back in uh, next year, 2022, and we'll see what's, what's going to be up. So Lord willing, never know. I'm not in total charge here. Okay, catch you later. We're so glad to see so many of you lovely people here tonight. We would especially like to welcome all the representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show, and remember people that no matter 